Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. Uh, it's just me and Mr. Jamie today. How you doing, fella? I feel like that was a really good opportunity to give me a cool nickname on the fly and you didn't take it. I'm going to give you a second shot. One more run. Roll it back. Introducing right. your co-host for this All right. week. All right. Hmm. Now introducing, introducing Tim the Tat... No, what? Uh, Tim the Tall Man Jim, Jamie. Jim the Fat Man. Jim the Fat Man. Jim the Fat Man, maybe? No, I don't but I don't, I don't want to call you fat, dude. You, you can call bone. me fat. I'll call you Ed Kemper for your weird hairstyle you got going on this week. Everyone <laughs> who wants to know what it looks like when Chris records a podcast right after washing and conditioning his hair, just head to youtube.com forward slash something or other, and you'll find it. And the hoodie? And the hoodie? The hoodie, it would be cool if it wasn't baby blue. It kind of fits with the background, which I appreciate, but it doesn't add to the aesthetic. I don't know what you're kind of going for right now. Nice. I don't know either. Maybe just some kind of a slim shady. You know, it's like the aesthetic is I'm going to slit your throat, but I'm going to read you a poem first. And that's quite quaint <laughs> yeah? if you think about it. I like that. I can get behind that. Well, Jamie, have you heard of uh, Huey Lewis in the news? Tell me more. I mean, do you, do you have any particular <laughs> right, thoughts I, on any of their albums? I'll, 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 I'll fix it, all right? Because I, I just did that so that we could talk about it so that people listening on a podcast platform of their choice, I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff, could head on over to YouTube to, uh, you know, check it out, see what it's all about. And uh, if you have, I'll reward you with this. Oh. That's my artwork. How, how, about, how about them apples? It's actually interesting now that I look at it because one of those animals might get referenced in the next, uh, I don't know, hour and a half. We'll find out. Tits? No, I was thinking about crabs, but I'll leave that to you. Yeah, no, you're right. Spoilers. Okay. Anyway, a- as you probably notice, uh, Jonesy. <sighs> I mean, it's kind of difficult for me to talk about. Uh, jo- um, Jonesy and I had a falling out, so uh, it's all very sad. Uh, it was about. Um, it was about the Xbox uh, One S, um, and uh, I never want to see his face again. So, you know. yeah, as a child of divorce, there were a lot of memories I really didn't need to be unearthed, but came back fl- back to me, flooding back to me. This past, I mean, week. it was look, it, it, it was only a matter of time, right? I mean, we, we've been on, we've been on, on uh, walking on eggshells that were on thin ice yeah. for a very long time. And, uh... do, you know, do you know what? Uh, not to break the skit up early, but one thing that is funny to look back on is that when we were at ATG, we were yeah. of a big enough size in terms of subscribers and viewers and stuff like that, but also operated with enough obscurity in terms of the personnel and what we were doing that sometimes when people went missing or weren't there for any one week, there were sometimes weird rumors, not just the ones that we started, but in the comments of like people falling out, people not liking each other. And personally, yeah. I'm sure that gets annoying, but I loved that shit at the time. I think I think it's because, um, yeah, I, I think it, it, you know people's minds wander, but I also think it's because maybe Jonesy and I are, are kind of. It, I'll, I'll put it this way: Jonesy and Jonesy and I are not as similar as say me and you are in terms right. of a lot of things in terms of our viewpoints and, and what have you so maybe that's just kind of like something that they kind of picked up on and ex- extrapolated yeah jo- jonesy and i have not had a falling out um, <laughs> no. well no i feel like the super show crowd know that there's never any beef we've been working together too long <laughs> for that but it was just fun in the atg days like i said when there was that weird obscurity they're like oh god maybe 
Chris went away or Jonesy went away for months because they had a huge <laughs> falling out. It was like, no, this is what happens when people have children. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's called man. it's called All paternity right. leave. <laughs> anyway, so I, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you because usually I say that uh, you know just try and give a bit of a preamble as to what people can expect. Oh right? God, I know. Uh, it, it, to the the podcast that they're about to listen to, you know that they that their ears are a bit about to get moistened with. All right, mm. and I usually say that we're a, a a gaming podcast that don't take ourselves too seriously, and you just ripped into that. Oh yeah, that, wait, did we do that on a podcast? Was that last week? Did we say that... That was last week's podcast, which I edited. I wasn't even in it, and I edited it, so... It's because before we started, Josie goes to me, what's the thing that Chris says at the beginning of every week? And I go, oh yeah, he says we're a gaming podcast that, that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we joked about how that was your version of trying to get a little, not quite a catchphrase, <laughs> but trying to nail down the pattern of that intro so you could just go back to it every time. Well, well, I, I, I heard what you were saying. So now you're mixing it up, yeah? I, no, now it's time for you to face the music, my friend. Oh you God! You need to on the fly right now, without any kind of warning. No. You need to give a bit of a yeah. You need to give a tagline for this fucking. Let's say someone who's never listened to it before, and for some miracle, has lasted five and a half minutes before okay. deciding. You know, it's still sticking around. You got to give give them the tagline. Come on. Okay. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Super Show Podcast, the podcast where we invite you to come for the video games and stay for the known murderers. How about that? I mean, that's good, that's good, that's good. But I feel that that uh, caters more to our our core audience that, than, that, than new, that caters to the people who listen to the full two hours <laughs> and get to the last ten minutes when we're delusional and start throwing celebrities under the bus. Well, I'm glad that you've said that so that people who don't stick around to the end uh, you know, maybe just give it a try this time. Uh, yeah. You know, it might be a two-hour podcast. Who knows? It, it is be. our speciality, after all. But anyway, yes, we're a uh, gaming podcast where, you know, we talk about known murderers and known racists in the celebrity world. So welcome. Enjoy your time here. Uh, but, Jamie, we'd be remiss without mentioning that uh, all of this is made possible by our very generous patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you would like to keep this dream alive, keep those wheels turning... Uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash super show you give us a bit of money you get a bit of stuff in return it's you know it's a symbiotic relationship and uh i've got some shout outs for you Jamie. oh yeah please do i uh, don't know if you don't know if you your your ears are ready for this but i'm going i'm going in i'm going in dry anyway all right <laughs> okay. aaron cameron athletic gravy brett zerbrick aka shellshock i will not forget that for you freddie k official hacksaw book read javela cujo leo murga lonnie thompson Manuel Guerrero, I've scrolled too far down. Martin Skihan, Mindful Pig, Nathan Pierce, Starful Kid, William Sherry, and of course the two big boys. It's your boys Peaswad and the dude abides. Yeah. These people are amongst the 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 biggest philanthropists I yeah. personally have ever had contact with. In so fact, thank I, you. I want to I want to give a real big shout out to I've scrolled too far down. I didn't notice when he joined the Patreon, but he's doing yeah. God's work in yeah. there. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I listened to a, a, a Dota podcast, okay, and um, they they've launched a Patreon where it, it's this weird kind of thing that's happened because obviously it's it's esports and a lot of people that are um, patrons don't put their actual name. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, for instance, we've got Mindful Pig and, and Starful Kid and uh, was it Athletic Gravy? Yeah. So all of the names on their list are like that. Mm-hmm. But what happened in that one is. 
people have egged on to the fact that they can change their names at will. Oh, no. So, yeah, so they, they start adding, changing their names to some very interesting things. You've blown uh, this whole thing wide this, open, Chris. What have you done? Yeah, yeah. because I find it entertaining and I'd love to get involved, right? Yeah. But uh, in that one, in that particular one, there are two Bens. I think the one is Ben Broomhead and Ben Jackson. <laughs> ben Broomhead. Ben Broomhead. Oh, that's a fantastic yeah. name. And, I love that. But, but what but what they've done is they, they, they're almost at war with each other with regards to their Patreon names. So it's like Ben Broomhead, Broomhead is the only Ben where Brent Jackson is just like, I don't know, a, <laughs> a pose or some shit. I don't know. It's entertaining as hell. But, I like you it. Know, I like it. Um, not saying that anyone needs to change their name, but, no, you know, fun but, times um, could be had. Big shout out to everyone on the Patreon, though. We still do, and yeah. I know I say something like this pretty much every week nowadays, but we still do kind of share it in the WhatsApp group every time a new name pops up on there. And i got to say, just to get it, kind of get it off my chest this week more than anything, it's really refreshing at a time where the YouTube game is so hard to predict and so hard to control because ultimately we're taking two hours or plus of rambling about life and video games and trying to package it with titles and thumbnails and tags that appeal to as many people as we can. It's really awesome in a week where a YouTube video doesn't pop in the way you'd have liked it to, and yet like two or three new people pop up on the Patreon, and you're like, oh yeah, it makes all the difference. You feel like you are reaching the people you're trying to reach. That's a nice thing. Yeah. So I just want Dude, to say I, thanks in that sense to everyone who's supported. Honestly, us. like every every time we get a new patron and they message us on on Patreon to kind of get access to the Discord server, two dollars go and check it out. Um, it I, I I always tell them like. Dude, first and foremost, thank you so much. Like, it, I can't tell you how much it means to us. And it's so true, dude. Like, I, it still blows me away. I'm not, I'm yeah. not just saying it so that people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. But That's genuinely, cool. Like, it's cool. Who, I, I, I never would have thought that people would give us money to talk shit on the internet for, you know. And here we are. Weird. Here we are. But here we are. Talking that shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there we go. I, I was thinking, okay, because we've we'll get to the gaming stuff in a bit. Yep. Maybe we should probably get into the gaming stuff now. But um, we've reached our six hundred dollar stretch goal of doing some D and D campaign. We have. Uh, we are kind of actively thinking on it. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a it's a big task, but we are getting to it. But I was thinking we don't have any other stretch goals. We should probably set another one. And I know Jamie, we were obviously I, I mentioned it to you, but what if we launch another podcast? That would be like you, you hit the stretch goal, we do another podcast, and we, we'd call it Known Murderers. I mean and each week we look at a different celeb and and and, and their how they've just flat out fucking murdered people and no one seems to give a shit. It's an idea that's been thrown out before and it's an idea I like a lot. I presume would it be a patron exclusive one? Like basically another after dark. Nah, I'd Oh, you'd full on launch another thing. What you put live yeah, on the but same I, channel? I, but I'd probably call it I'd probably call it no, no, a separate channel, separate channel. A new channel. Like, wow. Yeah. And 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 what it'll be is it'll be called uh, known murderer, and then in brackets allegedly. All oh, right, because you know we have to cover our backs from a legal standpoint. So as long as we say yeah. allegedly at the beginning of every single sentence for the entirety <laughs> of that podcast, we're covered, right? We're golden. Yeah, the, the whole gimmick of the of the extra podcast will be like a little allegedly counter in the bottom right hand corner. Yeah, and every time we say allegedly, it just goes bing bing. 
Yeah, I think we have to discuss the the way that kind of idea comes to life and how we can maybe legally make sure we're not going to get in any trouble. We don't want to go into any weird territory, which some people have already genuinely... Like, Jonesy was genuinely freaking out at the end of last week's one. Oh, because I called Mark Wahlberg a racist. He is. Look yeah, but he up. was a racist. So. Right, he, yeah. Well, was. hold on, hold on. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. 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 A racist. Allegedly. Someone told me, Wikipedia, that Mark Wahlberg is a racist. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but we'll, we'll I, talk I, I about just it. think, even even if it's for the Patreon exclusives, like I think it would be such a such a cool fucking little series yeah. to do. Well, it's it's almost like we're having a little pre-production meeting in front of everyone else. By the way, for anyone wondering, rather than recording this <laughs> kind of like lunchtime, late morning, early afternoon, it's about half past ten here because we stayed up to watch the or stayed you know stayed up. We waited to watch the <laughs> Ubisoft Forward presentation so that we can include it in the news. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know about you, Chris, but when you get past a certain time of night, it's not quite the delirium that we sometimes experience during these podcasts. It's just kind of like it's an after dark without being an after dark. Like absolutely, well, it's almost I mean, like we're off the record. Gone Twelve minutes and we haven't spoken about it's any kind of games. people are angry. ASB sixty four is writing a comment right now. I can hear him. I, I, yeah, I can fucking hear that that tickety tacking coming all the way from Dubai. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but hey, you know, what? hopefully it's a little bit more entertaining. Uh, I, I'm 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 feeling a bit of the crazy pulls, so you know. Oh God, brace yourself. Uh, and folks. not just at the end of the fucking podcast, but yes, as you alluded to, we are actually going to talk about games at some point, and we are going to talk about uh, the Ubisoft Forward fucking 2.0 whatever you want to call it we're going to be talking about obviously the biggest news that's come out this week which is the xbox series s and series x um hey that's like sex nice uh and uh of course the call of duty modern warfare not modern warfare close enough <laughs> black ops black ops black, cold black war. ops like black ops yeah. cold 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 modern warfare bocw yeah yeah, C-O-D-B-O-C-W. Easy. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, what was I going to say? Talking about some of the uh, pre-prod stuff. I yeah. like it, dude. I like it too. And I think the I, other thing about, and this I think some people might have noticed with After Dark, is kind of when you make it a stretch goal and you give it a name and you give it a circumstance under which it has to happen because that's what people are supporting us for, then you have more of a reason to go back and do it. You know, yeah. I think a lot of the the patron exclusive content so far has been weirdly open ended in a way where there's so much we can do. There's almost you don't know what to do. Whereas After Dark it's, was it's an example. A, it's of a very, so- o- yeah, it's a very yeah. overwhelming feeling. I think if we hadn't have done that uh, summoner quest on ATG mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we actually like fucking doing these weird D and D style campaigns," right? Uh, that we wouldn't have any stretch goals. But you know, here we are. Yeah, let's talk about it. You know, get in, get in touch, get in, get in contact, leave comments. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I did listen to last week's podcast and I did enjoy it very much. Uh, I thought you guys made some interesting points. Maybe we can bring <laughs> oh. up a few of them. Oh, maybe we can bring up a few of them. But uh, I'll tell you what. Before we get into all of that news, I want to get into the uh, comments of the week because it does actually relate to something that you guys discussed on the podcast last week. Okay. And it's coming so, from wait, Six to, Nine Gaming. interject. This is your way of saying you were listening to the podcast last week, said, fuck, I wish I was there because I would have made this really good point. So now you want to loop it back around and make your point. Dude, totally. But I don't have any... <laughs> like, I don't remember whatever my points were. Oh, I don't enough, know. The enough. fact that you guys didn't talk about a fucking Super Mario Galaxy like ad nauseum just it really disgusts me. But, you know, <laughs> you know I, I, I'll, I'll live with it. We were rattling. Anyway, comment of the week. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, comment of the week coming from 6ix9ine I do believe he's a Takeshi69's cousin. Um, with the Marvel Battle Passes, it sounds like they're trying to load value into their game. They could slap a sticker on that bad boy that just says $100 value with included extra content. I'm wondering if it'll mess with the value of secondhand retail or new copies, but it's like a credit. They wouldn't exactly lose money, just give passes away because they can just make more available. So how can they lose any money in the production costs by including that? It seems to be a little bit rambly. Uh, he goes on to say, I would hate if they counted the value of battle passes as if they have the value of the money that can't be exchanged back for. I mean, he goes on to a lot more, saying that Spider-Man's one of his favorites. Blah, 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 blah. I, I think just an, an interesting kind of sound off of what the secondhand value of all this is, because... I'm looking for you to lead the discussion, Chris, because I mean, I hadn't read this comment beforehand. I'm hearing it now for the first time, and I need you to put... I'm more than happy to go to town on this one. I need you to give me a nudge in the right direction, because 69 Gaming... (laughs) I don't know what he was smoking when he came up with this one, but I want some. Uh, You know, I'll be honest. uh, When I read it, it seems to make sense. (laughs) And now that I've said it out loud, it just sounds like a fucking madman. Can you go back to the interpretation of it that was in your head when it made sense to you at the time? That's the challenge. All right. right, The the interpret. So I guess let's just say this: that the overarching thing is uh, the perceived value of um, of loading value in of of loading all of this stuff into the game, which I guess is what you guys kind of discussed. Uh, is that referring to the battle passes then? Because then, if if that's yes, the case, yeah. I don't know if I can really get into that kind of discussion because then you get into a weird line between what's content that should have been or would have been in the game originally and what was added in content that they kind of made free. You could look at a game like Call of Duty Modern Warfare and take every single skin that's in the base game when you put no money in and say, well, that's value added because it's extra content they could have charged for. But at some point, no, developers should be putting that stuff in the game because that's the stuff we earn. That's the stuff that we're sort of paying for as part of that whole baseline package. Yeah. So I don't know if I, I see... I, I, Sorry, go for it. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, 6 Nines Gaming was kind of saying like, if you had to resell it, what would happen with all that content? But I guess the content is tied to your account, account right? so it right. doesn't actually matter. Like yeah. the, 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 the disc and, and the resale, it's only there as kind of a conduit to getting into right. this game. As a I, th- I think where 6ix9ine Gaming's point is trying to be made is almost as it exists in a version of Marvel's Avengers where if you buy the game firsthand, yeah. The hero passes for the opening six characters are not included in the game. They are gifted to you for buying the game. And that if you bought the game secondhand, you wouldn't get them and you'd have to buy them outright. So they become a bonus rather than a guarantee, in which case the second-hand value does become slightly different and the yeah. value of the included extra content does become more but of a bargaining like that, piece. Right? It's not but it's not part of, yeah. like that. They're, they're technically yeah. just a part of the game for all intents and purposes. All right. So another, another point says... Uh this Marvel game is trying to target all the fanboys, girls, whatever else is, and actually make me wonder if all these characters can even exist together in a one-size-fits-all world, or do they really Man. need an entire world built around the individual character? It's I, interesting because, yeah. uh, like, reading some of the... I mean, I, I didn't play the game beyond the beta. Like, I kind of... It's going to sound bad, but I made my decision based For on Christ. the beta. That's oh, it. Okay. I'm, I'm not interested in this game. You know, like... it. May be better than the beta was, but I just 
I just didn't find any interest in it. I don't uh, not to say it's a bad game or a good game or whatever it may be. All right, because how can I have that opinion without playing the game fully? Mm-hmm. Um, but from some of the reviews that I've read, because I am interested in kind of like it, it's a fascinating game in terms of reception. Yeah. Um, but one of the reviews I was reading was like, dude, it's a it's a fucking Kamala Khan game, and they've just fleshed that out with the Avengers. That depends on to what extent you see Marvel's Avengers as a product that revolves around a campaign and to what extent you see it as a product that revolves around the future of Marvel's Avengers as a platform, if that makes sense. Yeah. The campaign is kind of a Kamala Khan campaign, but the campaign also took me about six hours, and I can say I have now finished it, I've now rolled (laughs) credits. If you keep playing that game for the next year, it's no longer a Kamala Khan game. It's a whoever you want it to be game. As for whether or not the world makes sense as a one-size-fits-all, I think they try their best in the campaign to make it feel like it makes sense as a one-size-fits-all, but there are drawbacks to playing certain characters when you're in missions that don't really take advantage of their abilities for one reason or another. Sometimes it's due to oversights. Sometimes it's just weird shortcomings in their abilities. I don't know. I've been, and I think Jonesy has as well, to kind of echo the thoughts that he was sharing with us earlier. I've been hot and cold in this game, It's not necessarily that I can't make my mind up on how I feel about it. It's just that sometimes I'm having a surprisingly good time and and sometimes I'm having a frustratingly bad one. It's inconsistent. It trips over itself and becomes its own worst enemy. And that's what makes it so hard to appraise. Jonesy joked, and I wouldn't go quite this extreme, that he agrees with the 0 out of 10 reviews and the 10 out of 10 reviews. I think think a better way of putting it is that I agree with the 7 out of 10 reviews and the 3 out of 10 reviews. All right, yeah, fair Do you enough. Do know what I mean? I know what you mean. So, uh, fair to say that you've you've played <laughs> Marvel's Avengers uh, since at least we last spoke. Yeah. Uh, and I believe you finished the campaign, is that right? That's right, and I haven't actually had a chance to get into the post-game, the end-game stuff yet. That's all planned for this weekend. So, hopefully, for anyone who's already bored I mean, of all the... Can, can you really be bothered? Um, like, if you're so, like, hot and cold on it, like... Well, I've got two, it, I've got two things a, in my mind, right? One is yeah. the classic gamer scenario of I've paid for this thing, I need to get my money's worth, or at least be a thousand percent sure that there's no longer any joy that I can extract from this fucking product. And the second sure. thing is I have uh, some people I'd like to play multiplayer with to see if I can have fun with the right people in the right environments, and I'm going right, to have a few yeah, sessions yeah. over the weekend and, and see if that aids the game at all and what the kind of the longevity looks like. But otherwise... That's fair. I don't really have too much else to say on it, not least of all because Marvel's Avengers has somehow, thanks to a beta that rolled out over the course of three weeks, become the oh, most God, discussed yeah, game in the history of this podcast. And the worst <laughs> fucked up thing is we haven't even had the one yet where Jonesy is on. Jonesy is sitting there. He's messaging us every day. He's starting dis- conversations in the Discord. He wants to make a <laughs> review on his channel. Like, heaven for if you're done with Marvel's Avengers, if you're done with hearing about Marvel's Avengers, <laughs> we might actually have to give a post-Marvel's Avengers time code for next week's episode. Because Jonesy's going to go to town. I, I, He's going to go to town. I, I think we maybe just never mention Marvel's Avengers ever again. I mean, t- dude, I'd be keen for that. And in some respects... For the time being, the game kind of deserves that. Bring it up again when there's a couple of new characters or something else significant. But there's very few people out there, I can imagine, that don't know how to feel about this game yet. It's fine. It's de- it's, yeah. it's decent, but it's not great. If it doesn't look I, like I your guess, kind of thing, don't spend $60 on it for sure. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess the last word on it from someone who hasn't played it but clearly understands the situation is it, it, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. 
it's sold and it will sell like that's just the be all and end all in, in, yeah the fucking marvel's avengers uh made by square Enix. exactly yeah right but, so, uh, well, hey did, did you did you kind of like cleanse that that palette with any other kind of games do you know what I kind of did, and it was a game that uh, I wasn't expecting to cleanse my palette, not least of all because this time last week I wasn't even expecting to play it. Um, I played a game that's not out yet, but actually, Chris, makes oh. more sense to maybe discuss it a little bit more when we get around to the news. So I'll leave that there as a tease for now, and we can maybe kind I of rope you. it back in, because by the time this podcast goes out, everyone who's interested would have looked up this game and seen it for themselves. There'll be plenty of gameplay. And indeed, the segments that I've played will be out there on the World Wide Web. So it's not super exclusive, but we'll talk about it in the news, I think. How about you? On the WWWs. Uh, well, oh, this is going to suck, right? Because obviously I've been away for a week. Um, and I don't, I don't have much to talk about. Like, I'll tell you what, I, I played... On my stream, I played Crab Fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you may have heard of it. Um, it's a game where you play as a giant crab, Jamie, in a third-person perspective. Huh. And uh, it, it controls almost like Fight Night, where you use the two analog sticks for your two different claws. Yeah. Um, and you fight other crustaceans. Indeed. Uh, as it were. Uh, you know, on the surface, pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Like, hey, the game's called Crab Fight. You play as a crab, you fight another crab. Where it gets interesting is the, the more you progress in the game, the different crabs you unlock, but you also unlock different weapons, and the weapons are as ridiculous as a fucking revolver or a ninja sword or Excalibur. Or, what, like, one of the missions that I had, I had to beat up a, was it a fucking, like, spider crab who was sitting on a seal and he had a trident that was yes. shooting water? Yeah. Like, it, it just kind of, like... It just amps the fucking mentalness as you keep going. And don't get me wrong, it's not a polished game <laughs> whatsoever. No, it looked janky. Um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, janky. But you know what? For maybe not worth the price, probably not worth the price, but a, a nice, fun distraction, especially if yeah. you like those quirky kind of like games. I'll tell you one thing. I was playing it, and every time another fucking crab came out... And there was one thing where you're fighting crabs in a like a seafood section in a supermarket and they came up with fucking lightsabers and i was just like this game has has the power to surprise me more than any other game i've, yeah. I've played in recent memory i will say because you streamed it that night you played it and as someone who kind of yeah. jumps around various tabs and stuff like that and keeps some streams on in the background it was a little <laughs> bit strange when one second it's kind of introducing you to the ropes of how to fight as a crab how to use your claws and what have you yeah and in the yeah, next yeah. second you were in the desert and there were crabs riding around on motorcycles, I think, or on mopeds. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell is going on? And yet the controls still looked <laughs> as unwieldy as they did during the tutorial. So I'm like, how the fuck do you fight these crabs? But sure enough, with revolvers and lightsabers yeah. and maces and various other bits and pieces, you you got pretty far, it looked yeah. like. that. I was getting some kind of final boss vibes off the guy you, spoiler alert, kind of gave up on due to time constraints. Oh, dude, he was so fucking hard. He was a, a Tasmanian... Tasmanian giant crab, I think it was. And he was, um, he basically had the power of gravity and we were fighting on a moon. Yep. It was kind of mad. It was kind of mad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, fucking hell, check out crab fights if you like those weird fucking games. Uh, I think it was by the same dude who did like King of Seafood. I don't know what that is. 
All I know is that that, that game looked Japanese. That game looked Japanese. <laughs> that, that game is very Japanesey. I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Like, I, I've I've missed I've missed stream days. Uh, apologies to for any uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Hot Panic fans out there. You know, for any for any paying subscribers, Chris, who might have been hoping oh. for more content. No, I take that and, back. And you, that's that's harsh of me. Life, huh? Oh, you, you, you've just, you've just Ethan from H three. Well, hey, Chris, you can make it up to you, them. You've just Pokemaned me, dude. Oh, d- we've all got our simps. You shouldn't be ashamed of your simps, and our simps shouldn't be ashamed of us. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great sort of, as you said earlier, symbiotic relationship we all have. But the good news is, Chris, for your simps, yes. is that you can make it up to them by streaming every day for the next two weeks, right? Uh, wow, you're really fucking going for me today. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I'm throwing uh, no, you the deep To be fair, that wasn't meant to be set up as a dig. It was meant to be as a setup for you to just like, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even know if you wanted to tell people or not. You might as well say, I didn't, say it yourself. Because I was gonna, because you know, maybe we'll go into next week where I'm not there, and and people will be like, oh, maybe there was some, oh. some truth to the the falling out. Actually, yeah, it would actually look like there was some weird truth to it. I don't but know. You fucked it now. Well, there we go. Everyone just imagine that beef. It. Everyone imagine you that we all hate it. each other. Do us a favour. You ruined it. Well, I'm hating you now. You anyway, go. the other thing that I did, all right? So, yeah, apologies that I haven't been uh, streaming or, uh, you know, wasn't on the stream last week. Probably not going to be on the stream, uh, on the, the podcast in the next two weeks as well. Uh, but, you know, what? I did find some time to steal away uh, in my busy, busy schedule doing absolutely fuck all because I'm still unemployed. Please, Lord, someone hire me. Uh, I watched Tenet, my dude. Yeah. The latest... What's uh, uh, the uh, the Christopher Nolan film. And it's exactly. a weird fucking word to say out loud. Tenet. 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 Ten- you want to say tenant, almost, which is a completely yeah, different word. Like this, completely different meaning. It's my, it's my tenant. Yeah. This is uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie about Denzel Washington's uh, son renting a son. renting an apartment and you're sort of reversing <laughs> time to get cheaper rent, right? Tenant, that that's that tenant. That's that's the one, yeah. That's yeah. the one. Give me a yeah. laugh. Give me a chuckle. Give me something. Give me some feedback here. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Um, I, I I thought it was a fucking great film. Um, I uh, you know reading some reviews, it seems that uh, some of the critics are not too hot on it, and I can kind of see why. Yeah. Um, uh, big, biggest fucking uh, bugbear for me w- with a lot of uh, Nolan's films is his sound mixing. Yeah, it's you hear like that a lot. The, don't you? the music just completely overpowers the audio, and he does it on purpose. And I just think it's a shit move, to be honest. Yeah, it sucks because when did it start? Was it Dark Knight Rises when everyone was like, "I can't fucking hear Bane. Yeah. What's going on?" And that, if, that's what I remember. Dark Knight Rises, uh, Interstellar, um, Dunkirk. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, Although he it, kind it of solved, just... he kind of solved it in Dunkirk by making seventy-five percent of the entire cast fucking mutes that don't say anything. <laughs> like they're all just like yeah. uh, all a bunch of Harry Styles, either Harry Styles lookalikes or Harry Styles himself, just standing around crying or looking at each other, and not saying anything. Apart from Kenneth yeah. Branagh, who apparently has to appear in every Chris Nolan film to explain everything. Him, yeah. him or Michael hey. Caine, or sometimes both. In the case of Tenet, it's yeah, quite, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I I will say this: I absolutely fucking loved the film, dude. Absolutely loved it. The end was a bit messy, like it was exciting, but I felt that like the ending, the final set piece needed a bit more kind of setup, right? Yeah. Like th- 
things were just happening and uh one of the criticisms that a lot of people have been giving it is it's it's very difficult to follow i'm not some kind of mega mind fucking dude or anything but i had no problem following it but i just did feel that funnily enough there's a lot of exposition in the beginning but then it kind of like there's no exposition right you almost think to yourself at least that's what i thought i don't know how yeah. other people kind of see it but, but i just felt that like a little bit more exposition like setting up the different set pieces wouldn't be a bad thing like i i, I said to you guys in the whatsapp thing when i saw it i said I actually, it's a two and a half hour movie, and I feel that an, another half hour would do this movie wonders. Interesting, because there was a there was a bit of that about Inception, wasn't there? Where it's like we're going to spend a lot of time explaining the concepts and the mechanics of the world we're creating, so that we can then go on to spend a lot of time dumping you in them without you having to worry about how they work. Because right. by the end and, of Inception, I, it's like. You don't know where you're in four different places at once at three different speeds and things are going on. So you needed to know yeah. how the subconscious and the architecture and all that stuff worked beforehand. Yeah, but I think that they did a really solid foundation of that exposition in Inception that they, they were like, this is how it works. It's very easy to understand. And now we're going to go play in this world and try and follow us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was like, there's a little bit of exposition in the beginning, kind of explaining what all of the time shit's happening in, in Tenet. I don't want to give away too much, obviously. Of course. Um, and then it's kind of like not really mentioned again. Yeah. So so the exposition explaining it is kind of like very thin. Yeah. And that would be fine, I guess, if they kind of like built on that exposition a lot more. Not to say that there isn't some explanations going on, but... Yeah, which yeah. is a shame. But it, because it, it, goes, it goes, it goes places, dude. I tell you, it's, it's I, I'm sure it does. But I felt yeah. the thing about Inception. I feel like that's the easiest film to draw comparisons between uh, the Tenet and, yeah, and course, any yeah. other. Is that there was something so conceptually interesting about the idea of being able to invade or whatever word you want to use someone's dreams that yeah. the the exposition felt intriguing. And one of the scenes that I think sticks out on a lot of people's memories of that film is when Leonardo DiCaprio and Ellen Page's characters are sat at the cafe and you don't see how they got there or how they arrived during the conversation. Oh, yeah. And she realises. But technically, that scene is exposition. You know, it's explaining stuff like you people accept where they are because no one ever remembers the start of the dream. It explains how someone's subconscious fills out the dream that's created by the architect it explains how ellen yeah. page's character as the architect can warp the environment you have the amazing shot of the world rolling back on itself yeah, and then of yeah, course yeah. that ties into leonardo dicaprio's subconscious invading it and the wife showing up blah 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 blah, blah. that was technically yeah. exposition and also the stuff of joseph gordon levitt when he's explaining you know those weird paintings i forget there's a word for them we almost have like the, oh, the, the MC Escher. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the, the maze-like structure of it all. That was all exposition. That was all Nolan using his characters to explain the rules that he's defined for a concept that doesn't exist. The issue is that we're all familiar with time travel. It's just it never gets any fucking easier to understand because it's a fucking... It's, it makes a beeline straight for the part of our brain that goes, I don't get it. Oh, dude, and, and, and this this is kind of even harder um, because it... it, it Ranked against Primer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Primer was also something else. Yeah. But I don't know, it's just something about, like, Christopher Nolan's work that really kind well, of, like... I've got exciting news for you, Chris. Yeah. I don't have the inside scoop, but on this occasion, I may have got a little something for you. I might have an idea oh, yeah. as to Christopher Nolan's next project, and this is a Super Show exclusive, I promise you. This is a Super Show exclusive. Okay, I... I... 
oh, I can't wait for this, Jay. The reason being is because I, get this, and this is 100% true, I sent a spec script, or at least the outline for a spec script, to Christopher Nolan's production company. And it's too, no, it's too good, it's too good no, to turn down. No, you didn't. It's too, yeah, I did. When did you do that? Like a month ago. Two months ago. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool, yeah. Get this. The, Presti- okay. the Prestige 2, but it's a non-fiction story about the life and exploits of Chris Angel. And Chris Angel's twin that we didn't, never knew existed. Forget the twins. We're not doing twins anymore. We're going to end with the stunt where he rides off the ramp into the Grand Canyon and the flame goes up and he ends up in the box. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Cut to black. <laughs> and then think about think about the central like mysteries. It. You get Michael Caine going there. Have I ever told you about how Chris Angel walks on water? Well. <laughs> and then he fucks Scarlett Johansson. It'll be great. I mean, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what if you did it as like a, J- a JCVD thing where it's like Chris Angel playing a fictionalized version of himself? I think we're onto uh, something here. No, no, I, I, I think you're onto something, but in the wrong way. What oh. if it's a, a JCVD thing, but it's like Christopher Nolan playing himself trying to get a, a film made that no one fucking understands? Oh, it's like adaptation, but it's, cr- yeah. but it's not about... Um, and, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, or Charlie Kaufman. There's two Kaufmans. I forget. I don't know. Writing a script. It's about Chris Nolan directing oh, yeah, a movie. Oh yeah, Andy Kaufman was that. Andy know. Kaufman's he's, the. He's the comedian. He's he? the, he's the he's man, man, man on, on the moon. moon. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. I and then Charlie, yeah, Charlie Charlie Kaufman, Kaufman is. Uh, it's a, he's got a new movie out actually, doesn't he? I'm thinking of ending things with Netflix. Have you not seen that? Oh, is that him? Yeah, that's that that's him? his that's his new film. It's uh, he's done it with Netflix. Because no one, because he uh, he was shopping Synecdoche, New York around to studios, and everyone's like, "Get the fuck out of my office! <laughs> yeah. I'm not giving you money for this." And then Philip Seymour Hoffman died, heroin. Wow, there you go. Rip. All right, look. Lo- uh, one last thing I want to say about Tenet is uh, the soundtrack is fucking banging, dude. Okay, one- it is such a good soundtrack. It is so fucking good, and it it it, it it's it's like. I didn't expect it from this kind of film. The, okay. Because the, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, and got like a little, a little bit of a techno-y, electronic kind yes. of vibe to it. Yeah. It's cool, man. In a way like, that's... I've been, it, to that, I've been listening to that soundtrack nonstop since I came out it, of the It sounds the subtler than what Hans Zimmer might have done, if that makes sense, in a way that maybe suits the film. I don't know. We need to see it. It, it, it is subtler, but when it's... When it's when it's see, I, I don't know because I, I only heard it after I, I saw the movie, right? And then I was like, oh, Spotify, oh yeah, they got the tenant soundtrack. I don't know if I'm relating it back to the movie, but like the shit that happens with that music, obviously it's it's linked in my in my mind. And it's just so fucking exciting, dude. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. I know. Here's the yeah. thing, though. I know you said that was the one last thing you wanted to mention about Tenet, but I do have one more question, mm. and it's kind of a spoiler, yeah. but I'm going to ask anyway. Does he get okay. a, does he get evicted at the end? Uh, or does the no, or does the landlord actually, no, he, stay? No, he he invokes he invokes squatters' rights. Fuck yeah! Right, but now you know you know in the in the trailer yep. where um, he's at the bottom of that building in in India in Mumbai, and they kind of like uh, they, reverse, they zoom up it. Out, yeah. Out, yeah, so that's him going into his house because they've bar they've blocked it. Right. Okay. So right, you're saying like no we. 
it's like no he's out now so you know we're gonna evict him and he's like fuck you guys i'm gonna go back in and then he starts squatting there but it's at the top of a building right and then yeah. you don't realize this but actually what christopher nolan has done this is the genius of christopher nolan he has made the raid three wow okay i know it's, it's fucking it's mad madness so what you're saying Insanity. is sanity tenant two dark rent rising is on the horizon <laughs> Yeah. Watch out, folks. <laughs> in cinemas near, well, theatres maybe, in yeah. a place near you sometime soon. If Assuming he turns down the prestige too, although, why would you? Why would you? Um, but yeah, I, I can't time. wait for you and Jonesy to, wa- to watch it because I just really want to talk about that film and that world because yeah. all these creators are so fucking cool. And there's a hint that he, that he could go back to this uh, if he wanted to as like fleshing out some of the stories in this kind of like vein. That, right. It, I don't okay. know if he will. I don't know if he will because the only sequels he's done is fucking Batman, right? So, yes, that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> anyway, exciting. Yeah. You know what else? You know what else is exciting, James? The first piece of news we're going to talk about this week. We're not talking about news. We're just casually segueing it into a, a flow of a conversation. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about podcasting, my friend. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the real world, motherfucker. Uh, Xbox, it's fucking been fucking everywhere, and we would uh, not be worth yeah, would not be worth our salt in, unless we kind of like spoke about it, right? Yes, exactly. The Xbox Series S and X were revealed, uh, pricing and availability, right? So it's going to come out on the tenth of November. Pre-orders are up on the twenty-second of September, which is fucking eleven days away from the time. Oh yeah. Year. Um, so the Xbox Series S uh, is going to cost $299 or mm-hmm. £249 making it the cheapest next gen console available like I think I think cheaper than the Switch is that right? in the UK I, I'm not sure I haven't checked the US but in the UK I can confirm it's cheaper than the Switch presently at retail price yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the Xbox Series X is $499 and four forty nine pounds. Now, what what I love about this is usually when we hear the dollar uh, value, it's equivalent in pounds, right? So if it's five hundred dollars, usually when it comes over here, yeah. it'll be five hundred pounds. We get fucked over a lot like that. Yeah. So th- it was nice to see that we're not actually getting fucked over there. But uh, what is more interesting than all of this, in my opinion, okay? Because obviously, look, these are cool consoles. Uh, if you've got a powerful PC, it doesn't necessarily matter at all. Uh, you know, it's it's almost as if like Microsoft strategy is like, let's just appeal to fucking everyone, and just get everyone involved in gaming, which I think is cool. It's a very very smart decision in my mind. Jonesy mm-hmm. may disagree with me. Um, <laughs> we'll get onto that. <laughs> but more interesting than all of this is kind of what they're doing with uh, what they call Xbox All Access. Now it's not available everywhere, right? Only I think uh, we said like twelve different regions. If I remember rightly, I think it's twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what that is, is you buy the Xbox consoles, either a Series S or a Series X, and it comes with uh, Gold, and it comes with um, Game Pass Ultimate, which means that you can get it on your Xbox, and you can also get it on your PC, and I think Ultimate also includes xCloud when it launches properly, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that sounds sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and you get all of that, right? So that for the S, that's $25 a month or 
21 pounds a month mm-hmm. for 24 months. And for the X, $35 or 29 pounds for 24 months. And I've done the math and basically you're not paying anything more really than what you're getting. No, this is uh, it, these are interest-free repayments. You're essentially just paying off the price of a console and technically Game Pass over the course of two years. Dude, it's mad. And especially now that EA Play is being confirmed to be coming to Game Pass Ultimate. Like, Yeah, which, hey, I, I guess, you know, say what you want about EA and their back catalogue, but when you see the games that are included in that and... Oh, you, yeah, it's the fact easy that to that's get excited just, about. Yeah, the fact that one day that's just going to pop up on Game Pass on Xbox or PC. Hashtag drink uh, because we mentioned Game Pass and drink again because we talked about Mars Avengers earlier. Hopefully no one's playing any <laughs> drinking games tonight. Otherwise, they're pissed already. Yeah, people, yeah they're all too drunk. So, you know, they're just um, but yeah, that, that, on the floor that's, already. Game Pass is already value. Uh, if you wanted to get a console, that's value. I think one thing we should probably mention and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people already know this and already bearing in mind, is we are yep. talking about financing something. We are talking about making a commitment to pay off a console yeah. over the course of two years. So obviously there's still a financial implication there. And while we did try and find what the small print said about what would happen if this went wrong, we couldn't find any hard answers. So always bear that yep. in mind. But absolutely, like if financially, for whatever reason, this makes more sense for you, then then it's a, it's a cool option to have. And it's not just some sleazy retailer who's trying to take advantage of you you know this is coming from microsoft you know it's interest free and you're not going to pay more than what you're getting yeah totally um yeah i mean fuck dude if if you can buy the thing yeah like in one go just fucking do it because but it's nice to know that this option is there especially in this covid world where people are trying to kind of stretch their dollars and pounds for sure and uh euros what have you um so the xbox series s is basically a 1440 120 hertz uh, uh frames per second machine so it's not 4k don't expect it to be 4k it's not going to do that that's not what it's about it is uh less um powerful than the xbox series x naturally uh, it's also the smallest xbox that they've ever released i yeah. think it looks cool man um and then the xbox series x at that kind of like monthly prices it's got me kind of going. It's got, it's got me. Got, it's got me interested, you know. The whole thing is weird, right? Because I was someone who, when you asked me a year ago, I'd have said I'm going to buy an Xbox, I'm going to buy a PlayStation, probably a Series X as well, to be specific about the Xbox side of things. Since then, right. I've invested heavily in a PC that carries a lot of the load that I would be asking the Xbox Series X to carry. But at the same time, it's just hard not to get hyped about new hardware. It's hard not to get hyped about the prospect of this thing sitting on your TV. And maybe it would be a waste of money, especially... I I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm really torn. But still, it's exciting to be in the midst of all this stuff, to be seeing reveals, to be seeing the design of the Series S for the first time, to be talking about prices. It makes everything feel real because it's been really hard to get into the mind frame of this is the start or the early days of the new generation. It's been hard yeah. to kind of get in. I remember the PS4. I was so fucking hyped, dude. I was like refreshing, waiting to pre-order. I, was, I remember <laughs> the day it showed up. I remember my girlfriend taking a picture of the package because we both knew when it was arriving. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet this year. And maybe this is where it starts. I don't know. That said... Well, it's because it's been this weird fucking shit yeah. cat and mouse game between the Sony and Microsoft. It's been driving me mad, actually. It's like, dude, like, no one... Ca- like... People care about the information. No one cares about 
like whatever beef is going on between you guys like just fucking get on with it like tell people the information like and it's two it's two months away like get on with it and you know what the funny thing is for all the cat and mouse bullshit that you've just referenced i don't necessarily think the ps5 is gonna be in dollars 450 like i think the ps5 might be the same price or if they're if they're if they're feeling really if they really fuck around they could go like 475 or 480 or just some non d- number that's not divisible by five or something like that. Well, they'll all be divisible, yeah, but you know yeah. what I mean. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like some weird arbitrary number that's technically lower. I don't know. But I feel like something like this was so obvious. Everyone is so aware of what the ballpark numbers are. The only weird things are uh, what the Series S is going to be and what the price for the version of the PlayStation 5 without a disc drive what the difference in price will be people yeah, are still the, discussing the that edition. yeah people are still discussing those elements but the ballpark figures were obvious which is why it didn't oh, need totally to be easy. so drawn out but we're here now yeah, we're they, over the they line. didn't need to be you know like be coy about when you're releasing it if you want right so that people because pre-orders are kind of what what's driving all of this right but yeah. the pricing like fuck it dude like yeah exactly it's, it's like when they announced the Xbox Series X, I was like, yeah, we were fucking predicting that when we're doing Super Show on ATG. Yeah, exactly. Although one thing I will say while we're in, while we're on the topic, I think you briefly yeah. mentioned just then that you're kind of on board with it. I don't like the look of the Series S. For me, in for as much of the controversy has been surrounding things like the PlayStation 5's futuristic look or the fridge-like design of the Series X, the Series yeah. S is the most egregiously bad looking console for my money simply because of that big circular thing i like it like I, it, I, it, I, it's I, all fun it's all fun and games when you're photoshopping oreo is in there for a <laughs> funny brand tweet but when that thing's in your home on display i don't think it looks nice that's just my opinion uh, I, th- I think it's all right i don't i don't mind it too much but i do i do really like the look of the the series x the, the Series X is like I I, I think the, the kind of the great or whatever you want to call it on the edge with the green yeah. underneath it that they're kind of using for a lot of the hero shots I think that's a cool touch yeah. but otherwise it's a fucking it's a rectangle right like it's just a, it's a fridge it's, it's a brick it's, it's a, a tower like it's, there's, it's monolithic and that's why I like it I mean there's an argument to be made for that I, I just I, I, I like the simplicity of that I like the slightly more far reaching and interesting design of the playstation 5 the series s felt like a safe bet with an ugly hole in the middle i just didn't get it i didn't get it yeah i i think that's also probably like cut cost down right like hey we've got a reference design with a um, maybe xbox one x let's just fucking copy that yeah and i guess mentioning cutting costs down maybe that's actually an interesting segue into kind of the the innards of this thing because that was the other we were always yeah. sure about the specs of the Series X. We were always sure about the specs of the PS5. Those comparisons were raging on. The comparisons between the GPUs, the SSDs, and the pros and cons of each. We are always interested to see just how much the Series S would be stripped back uh, to allow that price point to fall. And now we know, I guess, to kind of wrap up, you already mentioned things like uh, capping out at being able to output at 1440p at 120 frames per second. But we already know yeah. in terms of the GPU, it is a, a GPU that's com- actually comparable more with the Xbox One X than anything else. It's nowhere near in the fields of the, the Series X or the PS5. Yeah, I, I yeah think, so I think it's a, it's only four teraflops. Yes, uh, whereas I think the, the, the Series X is 12.5, Yeah, I believe. So there's, there's, that, that's, that's quite a large 
gulf yes. um, between the two. But where it does get interesting is it's basically, it's got the same processor, right? Yes. It's got the same CPU, just clocked at 0.2 gigahertz less. Correct. And I believe right. there's some discussion on this at Twitter that's rumbling on at the moment, but some people, I believe that Tom guy from The Verge, are reporting yeah. that the CPU of the Series S is faster than the CPU in the PlayStation 5. Wow. That's what they're reporting. That would be that's what they're reporting at the moment. Faster CPU than very, the PS5. If that's true, that would be very interesting. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Right? But then but the the similarities don't end there because the hard drive is an NVMe SSD drive. Yes. Uh, obviously using uh, Microsoft's very kind of fancy thing where fucking the throughput from the fucking CPU and the hard drive, blah, 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 all that technical mumbo jumbo. It's pretty cool. It's exactly the same. It's just that it's capped out at 512 gigs. Yes, which is a little bit strange on an all digital console. You wonder if that maybe gives people the leverage they need to house well, the entire do, digital ha- library. It does have the expansion ports, and apparently you can add in just straight up just external yeah. hard drives. I guess it's maybe it's just a little bit strange because, again, when Xbox release a platform that is ostensibly all digital, it feels like they're putting the onus on Game Pass to carry the bulk of the weight in terms of the software that people are going to be playing on that platform. Game yeah, Pass so- is a service that allows you to download games, not stream them, at least not yet. We need to see where xCloud yeah. goes in the future. So you're giving people a 500 gigabyte SSD, which is an improvement in speed-wise, but is the same capacity as what consoles were when they were launching seven years ago. And now you're asking people to download games more than they were doing seven years ago? I could see why that maybe could seem like a weird decision. But at the same time, like you said, this was a console about keeping costs down. This was about getting the cheapest console in the market on store shelves and still keeping it next-gen. And whilst I know you and Jonesy have had disagreements about the nature of that final (laughs) term, which maybe I don't know if you want to expand on them, but I think you and me are mostly agreed on the fact that they have achieved that goal, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think they've they've done really well. And I don't think the 512 gigabyte thing is as big and it's not it's not a deal breaker you're right no not at all like i mean fucking hell my my playstation 4 is 500 gigs it's annoying when you have games like uh modern warfare with warzone and you know like terrible actually there's half your hard drive gone right especially it's especially annoying when i think it was literally tonight like inside the last couple of hours is it Digital Extremes who make uh, Warframe? Oh, Warframe, yeah. They've put out a, an announcement today that they're going to release a patch soon that makes it smaller. It's about to get yeah. 15 gigs smaller or something like that, which is so yeah. annoying because Call of Duty is such an invasively <laughs> large product. But that's <laughs> that's the nature of the beast right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I don't think it's really a big issue. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a very smart move by by Microsoft. Like, So, so part of... The, the, the argument that Jonesy and I was having, and, and I don't really want to get too into it because obviously the dude's not here to kind of give his perspective. Obviously, yeah. I can say what I think it is, but I'm coming at it from the perspective of I want to be right. So I might, I might stitch Jonesy up here. But Jonesy was kind of saying he... I mean, maybe it's best... <laughs> I don't, I don't want do, to like... Do, do you want, me, do, do you want me to try and paraphrase it? Because I can kind of remember one of his yeah. points. That yeah, when yeah, I yeah. was trying to, because I was mostly uh, spectating this discussion rather than participating <laughs> in it, partly because I didn't understand some of the intricacies of it, 
I think what Jonesy was trying to say was that he felt the changes that they'd made or the sacrifices they've made to get this console down to size and to yeah. down to the price point it is more more specifically had sacrificed its quote-unquote next-gen status and that it read to yeah. him as a current-gen console that was being released this fall alongside the Series right. X and the PlayStation 5. You then made a counter-argument that you believe based on things like the CPU and the SSD and a few other factors that it would actually be a step up in a next-gen console, to which he pivoted to say, if you are right in that fact, then they're kind of cannibalizing their own audience because... If the Series S is next-gen enough to be next-gen, then why release two consoles that are comparable enough but have a £200 price difference? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you pretty much nailed it. So, so my, my argument was this, right? You, you look at the similarities and the differences between the S and the X, and what I'm seeing is, or what I would imagine to see, is near as near as... How can I say it? As near as can be in terms of the fidelity. Because what's happening is the Xbox Series S is a 1440 machine, right? In terms of resolution. Yeah. Whereas the X is 4K, which is what, 3860, I think? Or 38... I think it's 3860. Say, say that again? A 4K resolution. The, oh, Oh, fuck, we were editors. We should fucking know this. Oh, no, that's 3860 by 20... 30... Fucking whatever. It, uh, we should know this by now. We should have created enough sequences to know the fucking... It's basically double HD, right? Uh, don't ask me. Don't ask me. Because I'm, no, okay. no, I'm, I'm not going to get now. it. 3560 by 2840? Does that... No, that doesn't it sound is, right. No, 3840 by 2160. I was... See, it's the, the, some of the right numbers. They just get jumbled up. <laughs> and then 1440 as a resolution... Uh, is twenty five sixty by fourteen forty? Okay. Right. I want to say it's something like it's it's a, like a three times increase from fourteen forty p to four k, something like that. Yeah. So so this is what, kind of what I was getting at. Okay. In, in terms of the, the amount of overall pixels. Yes. What I was saying is, let's take the Xbox Series X as your baseline, and whatever it needs, whatever that hardware can do for you, is output four k at 120 fps now obviously you know you add in more particles and this that the other it changes the game entirely but on the surface of it you've got an image and it takes this amount of hardware to push out and then you look at the the hardware in the xbox series s and it only needs to put out a 1440 image mm -hmm. i'm like that makes perfect sense that's why i think uh fidelity wise it'll be comparable but then you've got the same cpu and the same hard drive technology which means the loading, the resuming from save states, the multiple save states is all going to be pretty much exactly the same. Whereas Jonesy was saying how you kind of uh, put it succinctly is he doesn't feel that it's classified as next gen. And my argument is that that, that is insane to think that. Right, because, because... Of course it is. Because I think Jonesy was saying, if you take Halo Infinite for an as an example... And all of a sudden, imagine the way games run on consoles in terms of the way they run on PC. You think of all the settings you can change on PC. If on the Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X, the quote-unquote settings are identical. Yeah. So things like, I don't know, like texture quality, shadow quality, anti-aliasing, sure, yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. If they're identical, and the, the only thing is that on the Series S, it runs at 1440p, and the Series X, it runs at 4K, and it runs at the same frame rate on both because of the CPU comparisons... Yeah. Why would anyone buy a Series X? 
especially given the limited amount of true 4K displays and monitors out there amongst consumers. Yeah. Well, this is you're paying to, you're paying here, right? you're paying two hundred pounds for a three times resolution jump that the majority of consumers in twenty twenty won't even be able to see. Yeah, which is yeah. which is and, where and, which is where it gets hard because now we I would <laughs> I personally would love Microsoft to come out and say actually here's Halo, Halo Infinite is such a weird game to use as an example right now because we don't know when it's going to come out but here's Halo yeah. Infinite running on all of the consoles it's going to run on. Because Halo Infinite's going to run on regular Xbox Ones. Every Xbox Series X game is going to run on every Xbox One ever. Dude, Halo Infinite's going to run on your fucking phone on Project X. I mean, so. it, it's true. And and that, that creates a strange thing where it's like, I'm so down for everything Microsoft right now. I think <laughs> Phil Spencer seems like a cool, chilled out dude. And I think Game Pass <laughs> seems like great service. I am kind of, I'm not a shill, but I, I, I appreciate what they're doing. But they haven't given me a reason to buy a console. And I don't know that yeah. I will. And the reason, if anyone wondering on YouTube why my face was green a few seconds ago, was because I was actually <laughs> pulling up my Xbox app just to get an idea, just to remind myself of how many games I've downloaded on Game Pass for PC in the past couple of months and how long it's been since I've turned on my Xbox One X. And dude, yeah. I don't want to know the answer to how long that has been because it's been a, but, it's but been you a see, while. This, this is the, in, and so your sentiment kind of echoes Jonesy's and that like why are they doing this they're cannibalizing their own thing what is the reason to buy an Xbox now but we're forgetting fundamentals yeah right you're on oh, a PC it, yeah it's for me it's just for me I don't speak for all consumers but 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 this is the point right because yeah. you're on a on a PC that costs a lot of money it's 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 very powerful okay I'm on a laptop it costs a pretty penny it's decently powerful mm-hmm. the point is when you get to the price points of the S and the X, like it's yeah, there's 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 no chance. If you're starting from a baseline of zero, dude, it makes yeah, it, it's the most perfect sense of what they're doing is yeah. saying everyone needs to play our games, and this is how you get everyone to do. Yeah, it. oh, dude, even price points out the window. I was someone for the vast majority of my life, the first twenty six years of my life refused to get a pc i didn't want one i didn't need one i knew the <laughs> supposed benefits of it not even supposed the actual benefits of it but i was like hey it's yeah. not for me it's not part of my lifestyle i don't know where i'd put it in my room i don't know what i'd use it for it's too expensive it's too complicated i like consoles that was me for 98 percent of my life and it changed very recently <laughs> but there are still tons of people out there and most of those people are going to be drawn by factors that I don't necessarily think benefit Xbox that much. Like, what are their friends buying? What do they have last generation? So what do they have an account on with, you know, trophies and friends and stuff like that? Where are the exclusives? I think those things still put the ball in Sony's court more so than Xbox's. But the more people become aware of the... the services game and how that might play out over the long run, the more you could see an argument for someone maybe venturing into the xbox ecosystem and maybe the other thing is do you know what the xbox series s maybe becomes maybe it becomes yeah. the b console becomes the pocket console maybe a ps5 yeah. owner says do you know what actually i could get a ps5 and a series s i'm not going to spend 900 pounds on consoles i'm going to spend <laughs> 700 you know totally yeah yeah which is still an unfathomable amount of money to spend on consoles day one but such is the life we live. I just hope see, I can afford one of them, to be honest. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah. Two up. months to go. Money, without money's fucking... running out quickly. Dude, boys, I know. It, honestly, we couldn't have changed jobs in the way we did at a worse fucking time because like, we've been okay so far in some respects, considering it's fucking September. We're actually all doing pretty darn well. 
but now concerts are coming out and it's like how can i spend 500 pounds how i need you know to pay what, rent you know the thing is can, can i can i hit you with the dose of reality i don't Actually. don't know if i want you to but i think you should all right in in a way the lockdown was the best thing that could have happened to us in terms of making our money go further like whatever little money we had in the bank bro. <laughs> yeah you say that but like i'm not I, I, I spend I spend money on dumb things, but I'm not a traditional spender in that sense. And I think you know this from working me with neither. me. Like, I don't yeah. buy clothes. I haven't been abroad for a holiday in, what, eight, nine years? I don't like watches. I don't fucking know. Like, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you say it, there's a good chance. Like, my vices, as everyone probably knows by now, are food and video games. And outside of the usual rent and bills... Like that's that's all my life is, and that's why I well, have what, traditionally. What I'm saying spent, is, yeah. What I'm saying is, right? If there was no lockdown, look. On the other hand, if there was no lockdown, it would be easier for us to find different jobs, right? Probably um, to put to put that bluntly. But um, what lockdown has afforded us is staying at home. Because if we didn't have lockdown, we know that all three of us would be meeting up one at least once a week. True. True. Going, going for like expensive lunches, hanging out, beers, this, that, the other. You know yeah, how that, it is. That would have been one expenditure that uh, I mean, I've avoided. What, I, I'm, I'm fully expecting to spend like fucking a hundred to two hundred pounds the very first night that we all go out. Oh, don't, dude! I can't. No, because that's going to be so depressing <laughs> when I when we can't afford PS fives when they come out, and we're going to go. Hey, do you remember that night where between the three of us we spent six hundred pounds on one night out? <laughs> They'll be like, yeah. Well, I was, I'm basically, I've been sitting around with my thumb up my ass waiting for one of you two to get rich and neither of you are pulling your finger out at the moment. Dude, I, I am so angry about my situation. It's ridiculous. Just please, like, whatever you do, just, just win the lottery or something. Just, like, I don't know. Do something. Make it happen and then hire me. Euro millions, it's going to happen. Just, you know, oh, can you imagine? Uh, do you know what? I, I, I'm in two minds if I won the Euro millions. Either I'd sort of, quote unquote, buy the super show and put you on a salary just to kind of take the edge off things, or right, yeah. you would never see me or hear from me ever again for the rest of your life. Oh, I'd, I'd hope it wasn't <laughs> the last one. You're just like, Jeez. Jamie's not replying to my messages. We've got to record the podcast. You open the newspaper and it's me standing there with a <laughs> bottle of champagne and a giant check. <laughs> 100 million pounds. And it, and and there's just a note, and it says, "Jamie did leave one message. He said to Chris and Jonesy, see you later, fuckers.'" <laughs> I will be honest. I think uh, of the three people on the Super Show, you are probably the person who would be least likely to do that. What are you are you trying to say? I'm the most uh, the most generous with my with my love and affection and my my resources, Chris. Is that what you're trying to say? Is that a compliment? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I guess. Honestly, I don't. I don't know how we got sidetracked, but it would just depend how much I won. <laughs> like if I if I won, there are there are life changing sums of money that yeah. still put you in a weird position in terms of how many other lives can you afford to change. But obviously, Dude, this is why. when no, you invoke yeah, Euro millions, why. it's like out, it's out of the question. Because if I if I won the Euro millions, I wouldn't be able to spend that much money in the rest of my life. I'd have to help people, like for my own oh, sanity. I think you'd be surprised, though, dude. Pick up a cocaine habit and it's well, goes downhill. Yeah, I guess you don't know how your life changes, but then, like... Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you never know. See, no that, one knows. That's why if I ever had to win the lotto, I don't think I'd ever tell anyone. Oh, my, my, if I won a small enough... Um, uh, let me put it this way, Chris. 
I've, I still, there's a thing in the UK, and for anyone that doesn't know how the lottery works here, we have lots of different kind of games, so to speak, that work in different ways and give you different prizes, but one of them is called Set for Life. And it's a thing that gives you, in theory, until, I don't know, something weird happens in the future and the whole world gets set on fire, <laughs> the lottery give you £10,000 a month for the next 30 years of your life. Which actually... Yeah, but you, how, do, how, do they, how do they adjust for inflation? They don't adjust for inflation, I doubt. And it, so then it's not worth it. Well, that's and that's the other thing. If you do the numbers on it, it's actually not a huge amount of money. It's a pretty average to small lottery win. But I don't know the way they kind of relay it, relay it out. It kind of feels significant because you never you wouldn't have to work yeah. again if you play your cards right, unless you're dumb. But, but, but basically, if you, if you if you took the big lump sum, you wouldn't have to work a day in your life either because you just live off the interest. True. Again, if you're smart about it. But basically, what I was going to say was. I played the game, got an email from the lottery saying, yeah, yeah. "Hey, you've won. Go and you've won something. Go and check your account." Because obviously, the way it works is you don't have to match all the numbers. You can match any of the numbers up to it and win smaller amounts of money. Turns yeah. out, of course, I won five pounds, uh, but it took me enough time between the email and opening the app to wonder if I had just won ten thousand pounds a month <laughs> for the next thirty years of my life. And that is the yeah. amount of money to go back to what you're saying. Where if I won, set for life. I wouldn't tell anyone. Wouldn't tell anyone ever. Now you see, I yeah, I I think, yeah, set for life. That's an easy thing, right? Because people wouldn't notice the difference. Yep. But you'd just be like supremely comfortable. Slowly making your way up um, in the world. Yeah. Without I think a job. If I ever had to win. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I think if I had to win like Euro millions, I'd take the full sum first of all. Yeah. And then obviously you do the things that you always say, like, oh, you know, I'll buy my parents a house and my brother a house and this that the other. This, you know, whatever it may be. But then obviously that that paints a bit of a target on you because I wouldn't tell anyone. Mm. But then the paints target is like, what's happened? So then you're kind of like, well, what'd you say? So you say, okay, well, I won some money in, in a lottery. Yeah. And then people say, how much? And I would never say how much because I, I truly believe that if I had to win that money, I would, I, I'd just go to town with, with being like, with the generosity of it all, right? Yeah. But the, but the, the, the inverse of it is as soon as people know that you've won then it's like you've got a target on your back as well it's yeah. like why i i i want to buy a car i'm in debt and why isn't this guy giving me money and it's like uh, yeah know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's horrible be, but and like the it's fact mad up, actually the like, fact up thing is like you mentioned your like parents and i think that's for a lot of people most people yeah. i don't even know that's the go-to right they're the most obvious people that you look at and say they're people who helped me and they're people that I want to help. And for full transparency, for full clarification, I would 100% like to help my parents because I know that there are things that they could both need help with. But at the same yeah. time, I don't have a relationship with my parents where I see them as these kind of evangelical figures that I just want to help to no end. Both my parents, for various reasons in both situations, I know as very human individuals with all the pros and cons yeah. of that. And I know that both of them would change in ways that I wouldn't like if they knew their son had an endless bit of money. And I think yeah. I, I, like that's kind of depressing in a way, but I, like, Dude, I'm not going to... everyone names. around you would change. Oh, yeah, but it's horrible to think of, like, I know what my parents... This is going to sound so harsh. I know what my parents would be like, and I don't want them to be like yeah. that. I'd feel genuinely uncomfortable telling them what would happen because I know what they're like. Yeah. That's do, rough. Do you, yeah, do you wonder if you maybe you maybe you do just do that that you mentioned at the beginning? You just fucking drop off off the face of the planet, go somewhere else, and just be like fucking yeah. living the lie. Like you're just down in Mexico. 
you're, you know, living yeah. a good life. I, I, I've, I've told you, oh, fuck it, we're way off topic now. This is going to be, a, this is definitely going to be a two hour podcast. Um, but I, I told you the, the thing that I was kind of like always wanted to do is um, just constantly follow summer so that I never have to experience cold ever again in my life. Right. So just have little little villas in, in different areas and just. Yeah. You know. I think I'd have to visit Acapulco and see if it really yeah. is that loco. That's kind of top of my yeah, to do list. Bucket list item there for me. Yeah. Yeah. What about heading down to uh, you know Kokomo? No. no. No, not not on the to do list. No. Doesn't it? You live you, you, you know, Chris, you live your life, I'm gonna live mine. <laughs> I'm not there for it. All right, cool. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm basically what I'm saying is I hope I win the lottery so I can afford an Xbox Series X. <laughs> and you know what game you could play on Xbox Series X? What game could I play on it, Chris? Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising the new game from Ubisoft Ah. because obviously the reason we're recording so late and being a bit stir crazy and uh, doing weird fucking tangents talking about the lottery is Ubisoft had another one of their forward events yes they did Uh, god knows how many more they're going to have this year but they have hinted that there is going to be at least another one Um, but yeah uh, this used to be the game previously known as Gods and Monsters Jamie it did and I've got news for you Chris uh, despite your flawless segue, you don't actually have to play Immortals Phoenix Rising on any Xbox or PlayStation platform because you can actually play it on a remote desktop access of some strange Frenchman who may or may not work for Ubisoft, as I have done <laughs> in the last week. Nice. Okay, so you got some hands-on. Yeah, as I hinted at earlier when we were talking about our catch-up, this was the game that I got to go hands-on for a couple of hours for. Actually, last week, I think it was last Friday, weirdly enough, so I've been sitting on this for a little while. Um, for embargo reasons, because uh, they're the sort of re-reveal and the re-announcement that just happened with Forward, obviously, it's all up in the air now. Um, yeah. Before I get into the game, I've got to give a quick shout-out to my friend Adam, a.k.a. PlayStation Grenade. He was the person who actually set me up with the opportunity uh, threw a bone my way, asked if I wanted to play it, set it all up. I jumped on that. So huge shout oh, out to yeah. him, and he's on YouTube as well. So uh, do us a favor, go and check him out, give him a subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, Indeed, I would, yeah. I would say tell him that you, uh, we sent you, but I don't <laughs> feel like we've got that mobile of force at the moment. Like in the ATG days, you could say, yeah, say ATG turn sent you, but now it's like, what are the chances that Adam would notice like one comment from ASB sixty four saying, here from Super Show. Yeah, Peaswood would be like, yeah, P- do you know what Peaswood would do? And, 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 and Adam would be like, what, what? He wouldn't even see it actually, because it'd be like one comment in a sea of like 50,000. Exactly. Anyway, play the game. And Chris, <laughs> do me a favor um, cast your mind back to E3 2019 when we first saw this game and tell the folks at yes. home what the game reminded you of when you saw it. If you had to, if you had to describe, I can imagine what I said because it's in our notes. Okay, if you could, if you can imagine looking at this game prior to what you saw today and imagining it as an amalgamation of two other separate games, maybe one made by Ubisoft and one not made by Ubisoft. Which two games filled those gaps for you? Would you say? Well, it's a it's a game about uh, Greek mythology, so obviously Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes to mind. Interesting. Okay, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe with the uh, the art style and uh, that initial trailer, I probably would have said something along the lines of Breath of the Wild. Funny you mention that, Chris, because mm. Immortals Phoenix Rising is Breath of the Wild crossed with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and it is completely <laughs> unashamed and unabashed in that in that fact. 
Um, yeah, it looks at you. It's like fucking identical. Yeah. So for anyone that hasn't seen the gameplay, again, it should all be out there in the open online. You don't have to do much Googling or YouTubing to find it. If you're, if you're curious, it's set in, I guess, like Chris said, a fantastical interpretation of, uh, you know, well, I guess any kind of literal interpretation of Greek mythology is somewhat fantastical, but you know what I mean. It's got a slightly yeah, cartoony yeah. aesthetic. I will say the aesthetic and the tone and the presentation are somewhat unique. They haven't actually aped the Breath of the Wild style in terms of, like one of the questions you asked me, Chris, when we talked about it before we recorded, was if it's got Breath of the Wild style sparse music. They haven't gone yeah. quite that deep in terms of copying Breath of the Wild's homework. Um, and the sense of humour and some of the writing and the dialogue is actually what creates a somewhat different atmosphere and a feel to this game. But despite that, it's very hard not to get Assassin's Creed vibes in terms of... Because I remember when you told me about it and you were like, dude, it's like that meme where like, oh yeah, sure, copy my homework. Yeah. Just change it a bit. To give some examples, so stamina, for example, is a concept in the game and its stamina is represented by a little kind of semicircle that appears next to the player character as it's drained. Stamina is drained, for example, Chris, by jumping off in cliffs and gliding. Stamina is also uh, drained, as luck would have it, by climbing, which is not like it is in Assassin's Creed where you kind of get on little footholds and handholds. It's more like, surprise, surprise, Breath of the Wild, where you can climb (laughs) on anything, climb on every surface, and so make your way up and jump every now and then. But again, you're draining stamina the whole time. It also has lots of little puzzle areas where you go to a portion of the map, you go into kind of an otherworldly dimension where you might complete physics-based puzzles by, say, using telekinesis abilities to move giant (laughs) balls around and put them on pressure-sensitive plates and things like that. Anything ringing a bell here? I don't know. Yeah. Dude, this this game has got me so conflicted. Right? Right. Because because it, it looks fun. Like, Breath of the Wild's formula is great, and uh, I think you said it had the combat from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which it is does. It also, does. also fucking cool. Um, but so, so like in that respect, I like it. But I also kind of want to hate it for copying Breath of the Wild so much. But then at the same time, I'm excited about it because it means technically more Breath of the Wild. Right. Like, that's the thing. It's 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 a it's a weird one, dude. I, like. I don't know how to feel about it. Do I need to be excited? Do I need to fucking hate its guts? I don't know. No, you definitely don't need to hate its guts. It looks looks purely fun. It is fun, and I think you need to remind yourself that for as much as you can be a little bit bummed out that someone is being so obvious in terms of taking their ideas from Breath of the Wild, it is ultimately a mashup of two very good games, and having the essence of both those games running through it doesn't do this game any kind of disservice the combat as you mentioned is very much assassin's creed you've got a light and heavy on the uh on r1 and r2 or whatever controller you're using in fact rb and rt i was using an xbox controller but then it has also the odyssey and origins idea of you hold down the left shoulder button and then the face buttons kind of become special abilities that drain a bar you've kind of got a, a you can dodge very quickly but you've also got a parry the character doesn't have a shield so there's no block, but there is still a parry. Right, yeah. Um, lots of big fantastical creatures, you know, intriguing uh, takes on designs for lots of fodder enemies from Greek mythology, let's just say. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fill out a world that I thought was sufficiently fun to explore in my short time with it. Um, it looks fun, dude. And, yeah. and you know what I'm excited about? It's coming to the Switch. 
Yeah, so. it, it's a, it would be a great Switch game. It's going to have that Ubisoft-style open world, lots of checklists and ticking stuff off the box, yeah, but sure. with a little bit more of the organic nature of Breath of the Wild. One example is there's a tutorial very early on where I'll shoot stand on a clifftop and... Uh, go to a zoomed in view look around you look around and you'll get a vibration and that's when you spot things and they appear on your map when you spot them and if you want to leave a marker there you have to place your actually your own custom marker there yeah. to say hey i'm putting a marker well, down here that's yeah that's breath of the wild exactly right? so they're trying to get some of that slightly more dynamic you know uh naturalistic open world yeah. feel that breath of the wild you provided know, jamie it, it's funny when so when it was my game of the year uh, on during the ATG days, yeah, and I said, I said that that Breath of the Wild is such an important game that I feel it'll influence so many games going forward. Yeah, and how funny that one of the major games that it's influenced is just fucking is flat out the same game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's it, but it, but it's not that's not a bad thing, you know. No, like don't get me wrong. Like when I say I don't know if I need to hate it. It's not because the game looks bad or anything. It's just you. I think it's just because it's just so brazen how much is copied. I wonder, right? Because Ubisoft and Nintendo are kind of like chummy, chummy, <laughs> right? Uh, do you think that Nintendo had any idea that this this was going down as it, as it went down? I don't know, dude. I think they're probably going to get away with it. I think it's sufficiently different. Oh, they'll, that, of like, course, they'll get away. No, with but you know it, what like, I mean. Like in 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 terms of like everyone will point it out, but it won't be some weird glaring issue. There are, yeah, like sure. I said, there are unique ideas there. The combat, for example, is different enough that it doesn't. Yeah. You don't feel like you're playing Breath of the Wild. You just feel yeah. like you're playing a, a cartoonish, accessible Assassin's Creed game, that yeah. swaps out Assassin's Creed concepts for Breath of the Wild ones. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I'll, yeah, I'll pick it up on the I, Switch. For I, sure. I, th- I think that uh, I think it's going to be. Isn't it weird, Jamie, that um, that Ubisoft release, like like okay, so they re- they've announced this, they've released this, it's all the info about it. That's all fine. What I find interesting is it's the same week that Nintendo announced Hyrule Warriors: yeah. Age of Calamity, which is a prequel to Breath of the Wild, as a fucking uh, Musu game with yeah. fucking. It's almost like, like Ubisoft, the, Ubisoft are delivering the gameplay and Nintendo are delivering the law, but neither game yeah. is exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, and then you've got to think to yourself as well, Breath of the Wild 2 that they're working on, do they do they look at this game? I mean, Nintendo are a company I don't, that I don't, wouldn't I don't think look so. at this game. I don't think so. But I think any other company who were working on a sequel but and another company did it and it's like, hey, yeah. here are all these fresh ideas. They probably think like, fuck, well, I mean, we've got to... Now that you say it, remind me, there's a joke that I heard in the Gods and Monsters de- demo that I played that seemed like a pretty obvious joke at the expense of Breath of the Wild, which is yeah. that there are like NPC soldiers kind of standing around in some places um, and one line of dialogue that I heard a couple of times repeated because I was doing this one objective, like a traverse objective a couple of times, I get fucking it up, and they joke about how their swords keep breaking and they're not sure why. Wow. That's kind of that's <laughs> the, kind of the sense of humour of this game. Like the voiceover at the start of the demo I played introduced it as you did, as the game formerly known as Gods and Monsters, and in the there are two dueling narrators and they go on to have an argument about how the word Ubisoft is pronounced. Like that's the sense of humour of this game. Uh, if, you're, yeah, if you're into yeah. that kind of thing. And I will also say, talking of swords not breaking, important clarification for Assassin's Creed fans, this is not a loot game. This is a gear game, in a sense, but it's not a loot game. 
So no, you know, greens and blues and purples dropping out of enemies. It's all it's no randoms. Yeah, no like randoms. It's, it's like exactly bosses or treasure chests in certain places that drop specific named items with unique looks. And also, they don't scale up. There are no numbers attached to an individual weapon. The weapons and armor and st- st- uh, things like that they come with perks. So you go and okay. when so they you can't change weapons. The light attack is automatically your sword. Your heavy attack is automatically was I think it was a big axe, and you have your bow and arrow. Those are the only three weapons in the game. They never change. So you're upgrading those weapons in general. You're upgrading your yeah. sword. You're upgrading your bow and arrow. The ones you're finding in the environment are a new cosmetic and a new set of perks that go on top of it. It's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it simplifies it. Like another thing that's simplified is that. You don't collect arrows. Your like bow arrows recharge on a cooldown. They've they've tried yeah. to take some of the bullshit out in a way that I think could also help it, but it still That's feels okay. customizable. Like I looked so different by the end of my playthrough than I did at the start. Yeah. Got some cool armor, you know. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. So we talked right. about that for a while, but yeah, we don't get to play early games very often, so might as well. Yeah, well, you, you you did it. No one else did. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for the thanks the, for the invite, Jamie. This is what it's like. This we like when he's got friends in higher places, Chris. What can I say? You know, I'm a uh... man, Jamie. You know what? It's just it's just disappointing. And you know what else is disappointing? Not oh. this segue because that was fucking great. Is the Prince of Persia: Sands of Time remaster? Oh, cor- no, Chris. That, uh... cor- correction. Yeah. It's because it's even worse than that. It's the Prince of Persia: yeah. Sands of Time remake, which makes this even more annoying. Oh, that is my my bad because. It looked like a fucking remaster and not a good one at that. And you're yeah. saying it's a remake, maybe yeah. even worse. Yeah. Um, something that obviously has been rumored for a while and uh, our own Alex Jones, may he rest in peace, um, was looking forward to, to this game quite a lot. This uh, remake. Yes. Oh, it's just, It just didn't look great, did it? It didn't, no. I, I thought this was a really strange one. Do I remember that uh, there was a bit of a leak via, I think, a Russian Ubisoft page or a Russian Ubisoft store site or something like that? Yes. Leaked kind of like a brief look at it. And we looked at it, we're like, those faces, those character models don't quite look right. And sure enough, yeah. that transitioned into the trailer they showed for the game. I don't know what's happened, but they have remade this game. They've obviously done it from the ground up because we're looking at entirely new assets, they're entirely new models. Yeah. They've recaptured and re-recorded all the voice and mocap stuff with And that's uh, where the remake stuff comes in. Yes. Right? But it doesn't look good. The character no. models, especially in their faces and the hair Jonesy wanted to point out when we were discussing it earlier, they look old, is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Despite the fact that this is a game being made from the ground up for now. Which, when other games do it, as in the case of, you know, uh, Crash or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or Spyro or Mafia, it doesn't oh, look Mafia, bad. Mafia, dude, like yeah, that Ma- Mafia, Mafia, game, Mafia looks great. Looks amazing. Mafia looks great. I keep joking to the people in the Discord, like I've got to get in touch with our, our man at Two K because he did. This was the first time in like three or four years. No, I take that back. <laughs> maybe two years that we I hadn't heard from him about basketball. Which I wonder if that, right, I, yeah. I, I'm wondering if that means you know I'm off the list now because because Maybe. the Super Show doesn't bring in the big bucks, but I've got to if there is any sway any potential left in that uh, in that friendship then I've got to try and uh, see if that extends that to mafia. extends to that mafia game. But exactly like it's a great point. You look at the Sands of Time again remake, and it doesn't look. Dude, it right looks like a mobile game. I mean, kinda. 
Kinda. Like so actually, some mobile games look better. You know, you know what's what's really sad is at the end of the trailer that they showed off, where yeah. they had the pre-order bonuses, whatever, and you could change the skin to look like the original Sands of Time skin. Right. And that looked great, like, because it's obviously I, I, almost like following that Immortals look of like really clean and, and sharp and, you know, kind of cartoony in a way. Mm-hmm. That actually looked so much better than what they've given us. It doesn't right. look like a current gen game. No, all. it doesn't. Which again, I think we all give a little bit of leeway to remakes, but not enough leeway when it looks like a game that would have appeared i mean this might maybe tell me in the comments if you think i'm being you know hyperbolic but looks like it belongs on the last generation of consoles not this generation it doesn't Dude, look I up to par with, i hope it's fair and here's something yeah. else i'll throw out for anyone who is nostalgic to, for prince of persia and thought this ain't it chief the prince of persia games in the u.s at least right now are all on sale on sale on steam for one dollar 99 each and I don't know what those ports are like. I don't know how much you can crank up that resolution. But, like, if you can play Prince of Persia Sands of Time on PC in 4K or something like that, yeah, then go and do that. I don't, I, I I don't just, know. I, I, don't, I don't know what... I just I don't, don't understand why they go through all of that hardship of re-recording the lines and, and uh, you know, re-recording the fucking mocaps and stuff and just have it look like that it, like it yeah. looks like a remaster than a remake so why why not just remaster it then instead i don't know like in some respects in terms of the kind of the look and the feel and the style of that game i might have <clears> preferred <throat> it i i i, I think it's extremely it's just a wasted opportunity dude it, it it does it does feel like one um i, I can't put my finger on exactly what seems wrong with it because there was some environmental stuff that kind of seemed fine but honestly like i don't think we're tripping here i honestly think if anyone watches this trailer they'll see what we're seeing yeah it doesn't look right and also it's just the first game which was a good game but also very different from where the other two in that trilogy went and jonesy's the biggest prince of persia fan i know and he likes those (laughs) other two more yeah well this is the thing i think they, they were such a departure from the original one. And I don't know, the original one's definitely got its charm. Yes, agreed, uh, agreed. But but yeah, it's, maybe it's too different to the other two for them to have actually done it as a, a trilogy. Or maybe they're wanting to see what the reception of this would be. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. But then, then that's fucking frustrating for anyone that really wants the second or the third one because if they fuck this up and that's the reason you don't get it, then it's like, okay, yikes. <laughs> like, I mean, Ninten- uh, Nintendo just fucking won the hearts and minds by doing remasters. Like, they took a game from the 90s that ran on the N64 and did nothing to it apart from bump up the resolution. And everyone's still <laughs> like, yeah, I'm there, day one, $60, sign me up. <laughs> like, it's not that complicated. But when you invoke the word remake and you do that work, people have expectations and they haven't met them. It's a shame. Yeah, dude, totally. I, th- I, th- I think, like... If, if Nintendo would be like, oh, we went and fucking redid all of it and this, that, the other, it's like, actually, you don't need to do that. Like, all you have to do is fucking look at Spyro and, and fucking Medieval. It's like, 
Yeah. You just need to change the graphics, dude. The gameplay is exactly the same. You don't need to fucking re-record lines and shit. Like, it's fine. Actually, I'm going to step in a Medieval and Spyro and perhaps even Crash to a certain extent. You should do whatever you can to change the gameplay. Those are garbage games. Uh, and they needed to be drastically improved on. In the case of Medieval, they didn't even try, and that's why it was such a shit game, past and present. <laughs> Mickey J, if yeah. you're watching, shout out to you. Um, I'm teasing, by the way. I just don't like those games. Same with Sonic. Turns out, always been shit. Nah, Sonic Mania was quality. Yeah, anyway, yeah, Sonic Mania uh, was moving on. Yep. Uh, some interesting stuff from the pre-show, actually, was from the Division 2, because they, they showed off um, a kind of like another end-game kind of thing which is uh it i think they called it the summit where it was like a, a tower block of a hundred floors yeah and you've got to go and it's each floor is increasing difficulty and see how far you can get yes exactly really uh, really cool. i think the, the the obvious joke here to to make is that this is an idea that kind of started by most accounts, I think started roughly with Die Hard. People draw a lot of comparisons to that film and that kind right, of concept. Yeah. But obviously, a couple of the more recent and literal interpretations have included the first Raid film and do you remember Dread. Um, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the same deal. I'm really curious to see how it works in video game terms because it was a simple premise that can really easily be well executed in action movie terms. In gaming yeah. terms, is it going to be a samey thing? That can they reasonably get enough differentiation on each tier for it to feel exciting and different and fresh? But on paper, I mean, a hundred floors, right? Like hundred floors, yeah. It's 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 weird. I was, I was it it just reminds me of. Sorry, hmm? no, you go for it. It's all right. Uh, I said it uh, reminds me of a PlayStation Two game, which was Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, and you'd go up the Tower of Orthanc. <laughs> and, and each floor would be like different fucking orcs attacking you and shit. Like that was that was the sickest shit. I used to love that. Remake and in that fact, game. on on our old ATG days, uh, we made a video about uh, what we would do if we had to remake Parasite Eve. Right. And one of the things I said was to do a, a PVE end game uh, environment in the Chrysler Building, which was effectively the same thing as this. So. Uh, you know, Division 2, uh, I'm waiting for my, my check. I'm sure it's in the mail. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Someone from go. Ubisoft is watching because clearly they're stealing our ideas and have been doing so for years. <laughs> I'm just amazed yeah. that even though that you came up with that idea all those years ago, Chris, that it's taken yes. this long for one of these style of games to implement that raid, dread style approach of like, okay, yeah. intimidating and astronomically tall tower block that you have to work your way through floor by floor. Yeah. I think it could be cool. It could be boring. F- but funny we'll enough, um, Devil May Cry 5 did it, didn't they? With one of their updates, like the Palace of Blood or some shit. I, like never, I never went back to Devil May Cry 5 post-release, but the, yeah. definitely there were some elements in that weird environment that you spend probably too much of the game in that's all fleshy and gooey. There was some room <laughs> for some flaws, quote-unquote, in, in, in that. For yeah, sure. I, th- I think they did like, because I think it was something from like DMC2. I, I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, uh, but look, overall, this fucking Ubisoft thing was fucking bizarre, I thought. So they, they had some more stuff, right? Okay, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, they showed off uh, this, the Shadow Legacy thing with some kind of like an animated thing. Basically, Sam Fisher is in Rainbow Six Siege and not in a game of his own, which is fucking ridiculous. And they're also having this like World Cup esports tournament, which is actually a pretty cool idea where um, teams would represent their countries and stuff. I, I, I'm I'm really down for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But then 
I mean, what, what's the nicest way to say it? Then things got weird, okay? Fucking Watch Dogs Legion has got Stormzy in it, all mo-capped, and he sings a song, and you do some missions for him or some shit. And then Aiden Pierce comes back as DLC, and, and the fucking creative director has the gall to say, well, you all asked for it, so here's Aiden Pierce. Who's fucking asking for Aiden Pierce in a game? Dude. Again, uh, maybe we're out of touch. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I made the mistake of having the YouTube chat open for the Watch Dogs Legion <laughs> yeah. sequence when Stormzy was introduced. And again, maybe it's just because of the country we're from, the city we're from, I don't Storm- know. Stormzy's but Stormzy, cool, but like, it's... it's but odd. yeah, do you know what the chat was saying when, uh, when Stormzy was introduced? God, do I want to know? You, it, or, in or fact, what? you can imagine. You can imagine what they were saying. Blah, 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 progressive, yeah. inclusionary... BLM, blah, 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 you name it, they were going there just because fucking Stormzy, of all people, was in a Watch Dogs game set in fucking London. And then Aiden it, it, fucking It makes Pierce. sense, but it's just, it's just fucking weird to me. It's weird. Yeah, but no, it's on the flip side. Aiden fucking yeah. Pierce, the most yeah. boring motherfucker <laughs> in the history of video game protagonists. Like, but, literally... But Jamie, it was prefaced by saying, you all asked for it, so we're no finally bringing fucking it back. Asked, I mean, but the thing is, people had this weird nostalgic thing where I guess some people had a better time than we thought they did with the first Watch Dogs game, <laughs> and by extension, have a weird connection or affinity with Aiden Pierce, despite the fact that he is literally the personification of everything that's wrong with not just Watch Dogs, but with a lot of Ubisoft games from that era. Like, he is as yeah. bland as the world that he exists in. He is so bland that they had to call his cap iconic because nothing about his personality was. <laughs> And now he's coming back and people are happy. And I couldn't feel further removed from that reaction that admittedly <laughs> was, again, in a YouTube live stream comment section. But still, man, fucking yeah. weird. And dude, listen, I was watching that Watch Dogs Legion stuff and I touched on it the last time we spoke about it. I I just, I cringe now. Every Like, it, it, it's actually evolved from like when the first, when the game was first announced, I've never been a Watch Dogs fan, right? Yeah. But when the game was announced, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting spin. Like, that could be cool. Mm-hmm. And Everything that they've been showing off subsequently on it, it's just been going more and more into this kind of like Cockney slang, which to be fair, it, that's that's London, right? Yeah. London. London. But it's just, I just find, personally, I just find it so cringe, dude. I can't, I can't handle it. It's like everyone's a fucking lager lout and everyone's like on from fucking East Enders and shit. Like I can't, coronation, I can't handle it, Jamie. I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being but i do know what you're talking about and it does sort of verge occasionally a little bit too close to that line where humor ends and cringe begins i guess Uh, maybe we're a hypersensitive to it because it's where we live but we'll see listen also uh, i'm under no illusions here okay i am a grumpy old fuck so i get it and also the difficult thing about <laughs> this game... Don't say yeah. No, you say, no, no you're no, not, Chris. No, you're no, fucking, on, you are a grumpy old fuck, dude. Everyone knows oh. it. You, you, have you, your, you have your moments, but... No, I'm, I'm <laughs> teasing you. Thanks. But no, the, the, re, the real reason I didn't react is because I was rushing to make my next point because that's how good I am at conversations. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> um, the, reason I, the, the reason I was giving it the... want to give this game the benefit of the doubt is that Watch Dogs 2 was a game that was unfairly maligned based on assumptions people made around the tone and the characters that ended up actually being okay 
That's a fair People point, saw yeah. the, that tone and saw, oh, this is fucking young and wild teens saying cringy shit, doing anon stuff, making cringy hacker videos, and one of these cringy dudes has a weird face mask with an LED display on it. Turns out that yeah. character was actually okay. Most of those characters were okay. The narrative was half decent, and Watch Dogs 2 was fun. And I don't think a lot of, not enough people amended the way they saw that game prior to it coming out. So that's yeah. why I want to give Legion the benefit of the doubt until we know for sure exactly what we're dealing with. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but sorry, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't mean to call you a grumpy old fart. You just, you no, know. No, but I am. It's fine. Well, um, do you know what? Okay. When, we're, when we're talking about the dregs of a Ubisoft forward, I think you're allowed to be a little bit grumpy farty. <laughs> Dude, I was watching this thing and I was like, why, why bother having a... Like, why bother having one of these things? Right. Yeah. Exactly. As we'll as we'll get we'll think we'll touch on before we move on. Like, there are reasons for Ubisoft to step back into the spotlight. Perhaps the ones they chose today weren't enough, but we'll see. <sighs> I don't know, dude. So they ended up the whole fucking thing with a one more thing, right? And you're like, yes, awesome. A fucking. I, I honestly, I thought this this whole thing was going to be um, Prince of Persia: Sands of Time was the one more thing, because obviously I, I thought maybe they put a lot more work into it than just fucking. I don't know, pissing on the legacy of Prince of Persia. Mm. But no, their one more thing was something called Riders Republic. Yes. Which is a, a racing game of sorts. Yeah. Like BMXs and, and like fucking wingsuits and shit. Like when it started, Jamie, you were, you were saying, oh, is this like Steep 2? And they were well, like, no, it's not. And then, I saw like snowboarding people and they weren't on the yeah. snow. But I was like... I don't know. I was getting steep vibes off it. Well, obviously they have the steep technology. Yeah. Uh, and they had the crew technology as well, which kind of seems to be a mit- mishmash is what this game is. But it just it just struck me as odd to make this your one more thing. Like, this was basically like a Trials Rising kind of thing to me in a way. Like, okay, not, not as fixed, yeah. but it was just like, I just don't get it, dude. Maybe. And, and, and then, and then, to my credit, I'm going to say it because I said the dumbest thing I've said in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and I said, as we're watching it, I'm watching it with Jamie. And I said, oh, Jamie, I, no, shit, I know what they're doing. This isn't bad. I know what they're doing. They're doing a racing battle royale. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I Because yeah. I, I was seeing all these people going downhill and they're all wearing costumes and shit. And I'm like, it's a fucking battle royale. It's a racing battle royale. And then it dawned on me. That that's what a race is. A race is a fucking battle royale. Yeah, that's, it's, Chris, like, it's almost like a battle royale where the person who comes in first or the person who crosses the line first wins. wins. And like all yeah. the other people kind of get left behind. And the weird thing <laughs> was, is, there, had, such a there, idiot. there have been <laughs> modes in racing games before where it's like a lap-based thing and the person in last at the end of every lap gets knocked out, which yeah, kind of yeah. could draw parallels to battle royale, but ultimately it is still a fucking race. I will, I will say one thing though I still don't know what Riders Republic is I, I, I admit you and I were kind of talking over the trailer a lot so I think true. I, I, pick, I didn't pick up on as much of the information I could have <laughs> I'd also say it was the one more thing but they have had shitty one more things before which again I'll remind people Steep was a E3 one more thing when that was first announced um, so clearly yeah. <laughs> These are games that are given that slot because they hope they become a big deal, but not necessarily indicative of the nature of the product and its size and its scope and scale. But I will say, and Jonesy was very fair and honest in terms of his thoughts on this when he jumped in a Discord (laughs) call briefly, that there's nothing to suggest it won't be fun, right? Yeah. Like, it is ultimately 
like an extreme sports downhill racing thing with wingsuits and parachuting and snowboarding and BMXing, it could be fun as hell for all we know. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the thing that you said when we started watching it, we, we realized what it was. It's just saying it's weird though, right? Because where do you place this? They've got steep yeah, and they've got roller champions, which they didn't even bother fucking showing. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, wh- why make another one of these racing games like or, or, or extreme sports kind of yeah. things? like i like how how many how many games of pretty much a similar audience are you trying to serve that's the thing i i kind of thought in my mind at least that for the time being roller champions was going to be the entry level super accessible multiplayer first repeatable game that you know we all talk about that idea of ubisoft's rocket league you know, the yeah. kind of, or maybe, I don't know, maybe an example now you'd say is fucking Ubisoft's Fall Guys, for all we fucking know. A game with multiplayer first, accessible, repeatable objectives that are supplemented by a big cosmetics market. I thought Roller Champions yeah. was going to be that. Not least because Roller Champions is free to play. This seems like another thing positioned at that, maybe with a, a little bit bigger scale than Roller Champions, because I don't think this thing will be free. Yeah. Now that I think about but it, it, it definitely is because there's so there were so many skins that they showed off. I'm sure yeah. each one of those are purchasable. But now that I look about it and look at it, and now that I think about it, I think a better way of positioning Riders Republic is Ubisoft admitting that they made that in in steep because this is also Ubisoft Annecy, which who made steep, yeah. which is well, it's a bunch of studios working on this, but that was the one they quoted, and that was the person. Her, where the, the place where the dev was from, the one that spoke during the forward. So that's why we keep yeah. bringing up Steep. I think they acknowledged that in Steep they made the wrong version of the right game. Where we're right, in a, yeah, we're in yeah. a post-SSX environment and they made this big open world multiplayer thing with mountains and doing things, but they didn't prioritize fun, they didn't prioritize style, they didn't prioritize mayhem. They prioritized a kind of a game that kind of sat in between all of those concepts and ended up not yeah. having much of a character or personality. Now yeah. they're going all in on character and personality. All you can see is pinks and bright greens and neon colors <laughs> and room for cosmetics and outfits and battle passes. And maybe if they combine that with steep, you know, decent and fluid snowboarding mechanics and skydiving and paragliding mechanics and then a new BMX system, which could be a lot of fun because that's also not being done yeah. an awful lot on the main stage. Descenders was a fun game, but very small in scope. Maybe yeah. they want some of that market. Maybe there is a big market. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's just. It's but then it's also one. this weird thing where like super extreme sports people want their sports treated fairly, and then people who want fun don't care about what the sport is because they want to have fun. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was kind of hoping that it would go more like SSX tricky and like combos and shit and fucking going absolutely wild. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, but then also I like I, I, I with while well, combos it, it does and look tricks, fun though it does look fun. Yeah, and combos and tricks were a big part of SSX. But the events that I always remember doing in SSX were always like those downhill races. Yeah, where yeah, you just did tricks to get speed. Yeah, you did tricks to get speed and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hell Could yeah! Because you know fun. what? You always. Know glaringly obvious in this one what's that where's rainbow six siege quarantine where's roller champions where's skull and bones and they did release a press release saying like hey it's being reworked and whatever and the most the biggest one that it's on everyone's mind is where's uh beyond good and evil 2 yeah that game doesn't exist anymore vaporware like we we, i mean not really but but yeah not really we just still working on it but it's like 
Where, but like show something, right? Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is one of those ones where, kind of like uh, with The Elder Scrolls 6, when it showed up at E3, <laughs> we all sat around and joked, oh, well, see you in 10 years. And it's like, now you're looking back on it, like, like I hope I wasn't right. Now, 10 years is obviously excessive, but like, dude. Yeah, but, but hold on. But the difference here is, right, Elder Scrolls 6 was just a fucking title. On, on, on a on a background. Whereas Beyond yeah. Good and Evil 2, they, they kept on having these like dev days where they were showing like live streams of they were, actual they, gameplay. They were doing dev days and they have shown snippets of gameplay and stuff. It's You're just right. like not even snippets, dude. Like fucking Yeah, but those streams those streams never shit. felt exhaustive to me. I don't know. No, but, they weren't exhaustive because it looks like, like a you can't you can't game. go and watch an hour of Beyond Good and Evil 2 gameplay. I don't think that's a fair like you can but you can't. I don't know I know I'm contradicting myself, but it's like <laughs> when you watch that gameplay, you know you're not seeing a game. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what I you're saying. Yeah, I know. But it's just, but that know, that man. game could be that obviously now has to pivot and reposition itself as probably an exclusively next gen game, and we don't know how much work they did for the previous generation of consoles, so we don't know how likely they thought it was at the time that they would come out by the end of 2020. Maybe that sort of work. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. we do. You do get games. Two human being the most infamous example of all time that get <laughs> that get caught up in the loop of not being able to come out on the console generation in time, and when they do come out, it's a fucking disaster. And I don't think this yeah. is going to be one of those, but it's strange and slightly hey, strange. anything can happen, dude. But uh, they did they did kind of hint that there may be more Ubisoft forwards coming out in the year. Um, yeah. So hey, who knows? Maybe there'll be some more of it. But yeah, Far Cry gameplay, Far Cry gameplay, gonna happen soon. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to happen it, soon, but hopefully it does. Well, you should hope so. But I want to see that game. Yeah, I want to see that game too. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. This is more your kind of area of expertise because there was more uh, Call of Duty Bokwa multiplayer. Bokwa. Well, not more, the only. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it, the introduction to it, I guess, and then the, the floodgates fucking opened. Exactly, because it was this classic rollout of... Call of Duty has left everything so late this year that when it's doing it, it's doing it in style. So obviously, we had the reveal of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. When was it, Chris? Like a couple of weeks ago now? Yeah. 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 With the, so. the trailer with Ronald Reagan in it and, and all that stuff. And yeah. Now, this was the. Sorry, go for it. I'm just trying to think. Because I'm pretty sure we talked about it and you went on last week. So. Or were you, was it last week? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the Reagan one was last week, perhaps. Anyway, that happened. That trailer came out. We haven't seen yeah. gameplay of the campaign yet, but we've seen, you know, we know about it, and Call of Duty is on the way, as it does every year. Uh, this was all about the multiplayer, though. So this was a multiplayer kind of reveal trailer. They did a live stream alongside it that was about, I don't really remember, half an hour, 45 minutes of kind of explaining the ethos and the ideas around the multiplayer. And then, as they always right. do, and as you hinted that earlier, they opened the floodgates to streamers who then played it for the next <laughs> couple of hours and they yeah. hosted some of those Classic live streams. Strategy. And, yeah, and hey, it works because I sat there and I was, uh, you know, flipping <laughs> around. You, you get a bunch of those kind of high profile dudes in a room and I can just sit there and watch them. Um, yeah. I don't know why. So, I guess the, the main thing that caught my eye reading between the lines in terms of what I thought of what I saw and what they were saying about what they're making is. Black Ops had obviously been the series that had gone in a somewhat strange direction in that it had kind of taken the bull by the horns in terms of its take on the future. And while it didn't go Infinite yeah. Warfare, Black Ops 4, which is the last Black Ops game, which actually, weirdly enough, came out uh, last year because this is something strange happened with whatever Sledgehammer Games was working on. I'm sure Jason Trier will tell us one day. 
that was the game year before. No, because that was that was the issue. Uh, Black Ops it was World War, Black Ops Four came out last year. Unless I'm full on tripping, and then it was Modern Warfare, which was Infinity Ward. So when Treyarch Infinity Ward this year, 2020, was meant to be Sledgehammer Games, the last and Raven. No, but and the, dude, last last year was Modern Warfare. The year before was Black Ops. Oh, Warfare. sorry, sorry. Yes, I'm getting my my Call of Duties and my years mixed up. Like the most re- the most recent one was Modern Warfare, obviously, but the one before that was Black Ops yeah. Four. What I'm saying is, yeah. there's there's meant to be another game between yes. Infinity Ward and the next uh, Treyarch, and there hasn't been because whatever happened to the Sledgehammer Games project, they were the studio who last made World War Two. Something weird yeah. happened with that. Um, so the thing I was going to say though is the difference between Black Ops Four and this is that it's kind of been brought back to what they call uh, boots on the ground. So do you remember how there were specialists that were like these predetermined characters that had their own abilities and stuff like that? Yeah. Those are gone. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you still have operators, which is now the Call of Duty's way of saying, hey, here's what you look like and here's what you sound like. But there's yeah, no... Ab- skin. Yeah, there's no abilities or anything like that. And also, even though the health bars have remained, the time to kill was reduced. You might remember Black Ops 4 was also the one where you kind of had like... 150% of the health you'd normally have in Call of Duty, and you had the stim that you had to use to manually heal. Do you remember any of that? Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's basically... I've never really been a Black Ops person, I must be honest. There you go. That's all gone, and what this is, is a Black Ops Cold War, is a Black Ops multiplayer game that, through the campaign and the multiplayer, is set in the 1980s. They're using ideas and scenes and locations from the single player to inspire maps for the multiplayer which isn't super anything new but they were trying to kind of sell yeah. the the narrative potential of these ideas um the big takeaway okay. for me um based on the the trailer and a lot of the shots they use in the trailer and some of what those streamers were forced to play is that they are kind of embracing some bigger modes they've got a 12v12 uh modes called combined arms which have a variety of objectives but the key thing is that they take place on different maps that include lots of different vehicles so if you watch that trailer you would have noticed snowmobiles and even tanks on some of the maps obviously tanks aren't traditionally a call of duty thing but on those bigger 12v12 maps they become a thing not a huge fan of that but as basilford has shown us it can lead to more you know mayhem and kind of chaos in a way that can be fun i guess depending on how much you're dying to over and over again but there's also still all the 6v6 modes and team death and you know i don't know i don't even remember what they said but you've got to imagine things like headquarters and and so on and so forth will all be in there um yeah yeah i don't know I, i thought it looked okay i thought it looked okay um i thought the visuals were still good in the way that you know carrying on the improvements made from modern warfare but obviously they've injected their own style into it it occasionally didn't feel like it flowed in terms of the animations and the fluidity of modern warfare as well as that game does but it didn't look bad i'm just wasn't entirely won over by it do i wonder though like and maybe it's because i was never super into the multiplayer aspect of the cod games right for me it was always the the campaign sure but now that Warzone is out, if I'm going for like a multiplayer COD game, mm-hmm. like, do I really want to start fucking around with like twelve v twelve and you know, instead Maybe of not. Just, just jump instead of just jumping into a fucking uh, into a Warzone? And I think that's probably why they're going to try and pivot, like, a, try and 
sell this game on its links to Warzone. It doesn't yeah. sound it doesn't sound like they're going to change Warzone that much. What they're going yeah, to try yeah. and do is create synergy between the two games. So already know they're going to share a battle pass, for example, and we already yeah. know there are going to be weapons and apparently even narrative hooks that are kind of inspired by Black Ops and end up in Warzone. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's what they've said. I just hope they don't fuck with Warzone. And all I'm worried about, and this is, I wonder if this is what you were kind of saying, is that you can watch Black Ops Cold War gameplay and see that is not what Warzone plays like. So if you yeah. have Warzone and Black Ops Cold War's multiplayer existing at the same time and playing differently, because one's a Treyarch game from the ground up and the other was made by an amalgamation of different studios, but predominantly Infinity Ward, that kind of fucks with things. Especially as they've confirmed that weapons, for example, aren't going out of Warzone. So am I going to be going into Warzone and fucking using a Bruin and or like a or a Kilo <laughs> and stuff like that? Then going back to yeah. the 1980s and you know using an M, I, I don't even know like an M16 or I mean M16 <laughs> and M4s were still around, but yeah, they were yeah. different in the 1980s compared to the 2010s. Well, it's like um, all the attachments and stuff as well, right? right? Exactly, the attachments. Like a different, the, the scopes, scopes are different. Oh, the yeah, scopes the, are going to be so the technology different. is all different, and it also it will feel different. Like Treyarch, and this is just the way Call of Duty does it. Different studios have different ways of doing multiplayer, and Treyarch yeah. Treyarch has a different rule set. That's why some people like the Black Ops games and don't like others, and vice versa. And it's weird that those are going to coexist. And I wonder if some of the changes between Black Ops Four and Black Ops Cold War. Are to make sure it's not as glaringly different to Warzone. The, the getting rid of the specialists, then, getting rid of the powers, reducing the time to kill to make it more boots on the ground, and so on and so forth. But then is that almost like I don't know if if that's a decision that was then uh, imposed? It probably wasn't. Rather than they didn't know, you know that they didn't know Warzone was what it was going to be until probably sometime around like March, April maybe even May, after a couple of months, when they're like, actually, the numbers keep going up. So there probably wasn't yeah. enough time. But then again, there are weird things around this game. We know that Sledgehammer and Raven Software's game was cancelled and mysteriously disappeared. We know that Treyarch had to turn this game around very quickly, which is why Call of Duty going back to Black Ops for the second time in three years. We know yeah. that Call of Duty games are usually announced and revealed around May time or whatever the NBA finals are, and this time it wasn't revealed until late August, early September. They missed the entire summer and E3 period, which is usually when they debut their campaign gameplay, and that hasn't even happened yet. There are yeah. strange things around this game, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I think that's coming out in November. I might be wrong. Yeah, it's mad, man. It's mad. Like, this whole year has been so fucking topsy-turvy upside down hasn't it where yeah just the time the, the expected timelines of things like you even look at going back to the xbox and the playstation like dude let me put it this way playstation playstation doesn't have a a, a release date yet even though there's been leaks doesn't have yeah. a price yet even though there's been leaks um if you're assuming going by the leaks, I think it was November 17th that they're aiming for. Which, for for the PS5? Yeah, for the PS5. Yeah, which I think is exactly a week after the Xbox, which is November 10th, I believe. Yes, yeah. But here, here's where it gets sticky, right? Because you want to announce, surely, you want to announce the pricing of the PlayStation before pre-orders go up for yep. the Xbox. And pre-orders for the Xbox go up on the 22nd. 
that's why some people think that essentially PlayStation have to announce their, at the time of recording, it's Thursday night here, PlayStation have to announce their price either tomorrow, Friday, or or ne- early next week. Dude, but how can they do it on Friday? It's fucking 9-11. I mean, are, are they really going to do that? Do, do companies think about that? I mean, they must do, dude. Maybe, or maybe, maybe I'm not in touch enough with kind of how sensitive and not sensitive that topic is. I maybe mean, so- that's- Sony cancelled one of their reveals or postponed one of their reveals mm-hmm. to to honor the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, okay, yeah, fair enough. About that stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, they, I suppose they do. I don't. I, I don't know. My, I guess, my, my, po- my point is I, this. My point is this. It's like the usual thing that could that you'd think would happen is not happening yeah. I mean, whatsoever. look at this Xbox it's just, thing. It's just so fucking weird. This Xbox thing happened because it leaked, and Phil Spencer tweeted yeah. out, like, whatever it was earlier today or yesterday, said, this stuff was yeah. meant for next week, and we're showing it now. He's already admitted yeah. that. So PlayStation <laughs> PlayStation are probably already thinking, holy shit, what are we going to do now? They probably are panicking, and it probably won't happen in the way it was going to, but we'll see. Well, It's got to happen next week, in my mind. Because, like you said, they don't want pre-orders open on the Xbox for a significant amount of time before the PlayStation. They don't want to let but that then happen. That also means that they're going to have to give out their pricing yeah. and have to have their pre-orders in or around the 22nd of September as I think, well. It I, think, of, I think it, if they're it almost f- like forces their hand. I think it kind of does, but I think, I, I, I think they would have this stuff ready to mobilize by now. I don't even yeah, if it is nine eleven so. tomorrow. I don't think there are people in Sony sat around saying uh, we'll take a long weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. We'll come back on Monday and think about this stuff. <laughs> there are going to be people working twenty four seven to do whatever they need to do. Which again, I'll remind you, in the case of Xbox, was tweets, tweets. Yeah, that's all they had to do. So that's how True. like simple this like digital age. We always talk about how companies don't need E three, don't need big events anymore. Do you know what you do? If you're big enough, you tweet. If you're a rock star, you tweet. You tweet. Yeah, true. If you're Sony or right. PlayStation, you tweet. Let's let's uh, let's end the software, right? So now I'm going to ask you a question. Just going back to the consoles, yeah. what is your price predictions for the PlayStation? I am honestly, I'm trying not to to draw a blank on this. I'm in two. <laughs> I'm in two minds. Yeah. One mind says that all they wanted to do with the cat and mouse thing was make sure that they weren't more expensive. And that the PlayStation yeah. Five and the bigger version of it, the one with the disc drive, will be yeah. in dollars four nine nine in pounds four four nine. Yeah. There's another part of me that wonders if they do try and squeeze any kind of undercut they can, and that's the reason they wanted to go second, which means that maybe we could be talking about four eighty four seven five. I can't see it be at, being lower than four fifty. Even four fifty seems like a stretch. So my my prediction, yeah. as weird as it sounds. I think they're going to match them. I think they're just going to call it, do five hundred and call it a day. Five hundred. I don't yeah. think. I don't think either of them were necessarily as scared about it being the same price as the other as much as they were scared yeah. about being the yeah, more yeah. expensive. I might be wrong, but you know, there you go. Yeah, I, don't really, I think I, you're probably right. But I'm one. just. I'm just guessing. What about you? Uh, I think five hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and then I actually have a bet going with Martin from Just Interesting. Saying yeah. that I reckon it's going to be the digital edition is going to be a hundred dollars cheaper, and he thinks it's going to be he fifty. Re- he reckons it's only going to be fifty. I would not put money down in either direction because again, <laughs> not, we could all guess the ballpark stuff, but again, I, one of you's right, and I don't know which one. Yeah, I've got to be. And, and I think that's that, but that's what makes it exciting, you know. It's not like yeah. 
it's not like oh easiest money of my life it's yeah. like dude you know exactly. like fair play and you know what else fair yeah. play like talking we both guessed 500 but if sony come out and put out that tweet probably not tomorrow as you pointed out but let's say monday tuesday if sony tweet and say hey it's 450 then my god fair play to them i don't know what kind of a loss they're taking on that but that makes microsoft look i'm not saying it puts them in trouble because i don't think this generation is going to play out like that i don't think it works that way yeah but that puts sony in a very healthy position if they manage yeah, to go, but then if they again, you've, go got, you've got Microsoft who's saying we've got the most powerful console and we've got the cheapest console. Right, and that's why I said I don't think the generation <laughs> is naturally, necessarily going to work out like that. This isn't as binary as it was in 2013, and Microsoft yeah. have made sure it's not that binary over the course of the generation. In many ways, they've spent the last generation preparing to be okay when they lose again. And yeah. I think they will be okay when they lose again, and I think they will lose again in traditional terms. But they've made sure that the conversation isn't about traditional terms anymore. For Sony, yeah, it kind of is. They've, they've changed the battlefield. Like they're they're on a different battlefield. But it's almost like Sony's exactly they haven't changed the battlefield. They've moved on to a different one, and that's like that's yeah. the key point that you just made. Is yeah. that like Sony is still on the old battlefield, shooting against an enemy that kind of isn't really there anymore. But they don't mind because they can still go back to the village and say we won again. It doesn't matter that they weren't <laughs> fighting anyone. Yeah, we won. Yeah, yeah, we didn't lose any troops. And then, and no then someone there, someone yeah. says, "Didn't Nintendo win?" And we're like, "Yeah, we weren't fighting them either." Again, it's like Sony are fighting the battles. They're picking their battles and they're making sure it's the one they won. They win. And Microsoft are doing the same, but just in a different yeah. way. Like you said, on a different battlefield. Man, it's it's so interesting. I I I can talk forever about this stuff because it yeah. just. He, it tickles me. Here's the key it takeaway, my right? Fancy, Jamie. Because we're not console fanboys, and the key takeaway that we can say is that with all three console manufacturers that are alive and well at the moment, fighting different battles and securing different ways to ensure that they'll be around for the near future and the long future, hopefully, it means more consoles and more games for us, right? Like that is the oh, best totally possible yeah. thing. Because the competition, yes, it drives people to be better, but competition is also what not Sega out the game. You know, and also could have yeah. easily knocked a Microsoft or a Nintendo out of the game should something have gone disastrously wrong. And we don't want that. Ultimately, I'd love to see all three of these companies surviving and thriving in their own way, and they're kind of doing that at the moment. More power to them. Hell yeah. Well, Jamie, on that bombshell, we need a code word, and then we're out. Fuck. Oh, we're- Fucking two hours and what five minutes? We made the five mistake hours. of like front loading all our jokes and our enthusiasm and our personality, and then talking about yeah, serious gaming shit. Yeah, we kind of like up, we've upended well, this, haven't like, we? We've dude, ended on I, a bit of dark. I've got to be totally honest. I'm tired as fuck. Like I'm so dude, it's, tired. It's, it's half past twelve, like it's midnight. Half past like 12. yeah, like half past midnight. Zero zero two six. It's like fucking out. Oh, and I've got and to we still have to edit this and shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, believe it. Yeah. Jeez, uh, yeah, catchphrase. Uh, fuck, what did we say that was funny? I don't fucking know, dude. What, uh, did, what, what, what did we talk about at the beginning? Who wants to be a millionaire? We talk, I don't um, know. The thing a, is, lot of lot of winners. No, that's not funny. Come on, dude, get your mind out the gutter. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna look up another murderer. Oh God, here we go. I'm gonna Google a cheeky little Google. Bear with me, folks. You're in it this far. You can make it look. No, who did, who did we say the other day? And they they killed like was it? Was it Ed Woods? Was it? It was a. Uh... Who's Ed Woods? No, who's the dude that? Venus they... Williams. 
Venus Williams. I, I feel. I, I. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do do the Venus Williams route. I don't. I don't like the idea of someone finding the Super Show for the first time. How, how about how about known pedo? Oh my god, who's a pedo though? I don't know. Celebrity pedophiles. I'm googling it now. What are you doing to my Google searching, Chris? <laughs> you that you didn't. You doing it yourself, dude. No, no one told you to search this. Seven select. Oh, oh, it's a YouTube video. Is that? It's gonna be the richest, uh, isn't it? No, it's not the uh, richest. Um, oh, dude. Now, oh my god, I'm getting weird results. I shouldn't have done this. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a, a, a no, task but, force do you knocking know what down that I door. Kind of, I kind of thought there would be like a Matthew Broderick esque funny example of this, but you're quickly reminded when you see who the names are that like there's nothing. It's not funny. Like, like these okay, guys. Are, I'm. I'm uh, I don't know. Hold on, I think I've got one. I'm looking okay. it up. Uh, okay. Poor. Okay, known pervert. How about that one? That's yeah, fair. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get uh, sued. Known known pervert Paul Rubens, who you may know as Pee Wee Herman. Wow. But here's and the thing, July, folks. Yeah. What? I'm going to say if anyone does use this as the little code word at the end of the thing, you have to say allegedly. You have to be clear. It's all alleged. Yeah, allegedly. Uh, it's in July 1991, Rubens was arrested for indecent exposure in an adult theater in Sarasota, Florida. The arrest set off a chain reaction of nation, national media attention that changed the general public's view of Rubens and Pee Wee Herman. So Pee Wee Herman, obviously a kid's character, um, quite prominent in and around July 1991. And this dude goes to an adult theatre and starts fucking jerking it. Oh, well, Chris, allegedly. 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 Um, I'll tell you what, I want two code words here, all right? We can have alleged known pervert Pee Wee Herman or Paul Rubens, if you prefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, let us know if you want to, uh, if you want us to, if you would listen. Spin it out to into its own podcast. podcast. Yeah, called uh, Known uh, no Murderers. M- uh, perverts, but it'll racist. Be, it'll, it would be murderers, racists, and perverts, right? But yeah, just per- per- perverts, racist, murderers, the- colon, a celebrity story. An alleged. An alleged story. story. Alleged stories from the dirt. dark. I'm doing like a Netflix special now. Alleged stories from the dark, seedy underworld of known, uh, known murderer, racist, pervert celebrities. Jesus Christ. It's a it's a three part mini series where we explore the the dank, dirty depths of the time that Mark Wahlberg blinded a Vietnamese man with a stick. Allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe just allegedly is the fucking code word. So here's know, the thing, Chris. Do you know how that Vietnamese guy really got blinded? Yeah. Pee Wee Herman jizz in his eye. I mean, Jamie. Anything Ed. is possible, my man. Known serial killer Ed Kemper. The podcast. You do you, you do have like the kind of the the profile, aesthetically speaking, of a serial killer in terms of like the type of glasses you wear and your haircut. Like I feel like a lot of serial killers look like you. Look at this face, Jamie. It's the face of a serial killer. Chris, we're gonna end this podcast, my dude. I know. I'm exhausted. Thank you so much for watching or listening, and we'll see you next time.